Not so bad, you? Yeah, not bad. Uh, I'm in uh, my, my, my video's on. I'm going to turn my video off. Okay. Bye-bye. Special, special video edition. Yeah, um, check your check your mic, check your connections. I think you're oh. I think you're talking into the not into the mic, but into the the display mic or the built-in oh. input and all that. It sounds like I, you're you know, in a can. When, when I when I said ready, Ben, what I meant was I was ready to start getting ready to do a call with you. Right. Um, because um, I really wasn't ready because I was pretty sure that you were not going to be ready. Oh, you sound beautiful now. You sound I was sure that you were not going to be ready. And in which case that would have given me time to get ready. But then um, anyway, I didn't, uh, I, I, I wasn't ready, but now I am. All right. I'm ready. I'm here. I've been, I've, I've been busy. I've been busy. You've been busy. Okay, I'm gonna. It's pretty quiet here. Yeah, what's what's going on? Hey, I'm gonna give you. I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit of foley. You know how I like to do foley, right? Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so uh, that's one thing. Okay, that's two things. And then okay. I'm gonna don't don't guess don't guess to what these are. I'm gonna give you. I think that really the home run foley is coming right now. Right now. Okay. Nice. How's that? Sounds like a frat yeah, like, party, doesn't it? I got. I got some foley for you too. Listen. All right, all right, ready. Ooh, that is a uh, that is a what would you call that? That would be a uh, simple syrup and bourbon. Oh, simple syrup and bourbon. I got a uh, no. I, I, Don, I'm going to tell you about something I really like. Uh, is it is it Corona beer? <laughs> it is not Corona beer. This I'm I'm drinking local. Uh, this is uh, from Full Steam uh, Brewery in Durham, North Carolina. I'm drinking a humidity pale ale. This is uh, I would say one of my one of my go-to uh, beers for going to the pool at the in the summertime. It's a nice, uh, it's just a nice little snack uh, for me. Um, we, I, so I. This is a very special coronavirus episode of uh, COVID nineteen episode uh, for food safety talk. And I sent Don a text today and said, you know what? Let's do this. We haven't done a drinking uh, episode for a while, <laughs> and and I feel like. This is this is just a bar room chat you and I today um, about all the stuff that we've well, been the dealing world with. burns around us. Well, the world burns. Oh my gosh, what what a so to those who are listening to this, um, what, Don and I uh, have decided we've got a couple of episodes in the can, as they say. That we you'll get after this episode. Uh, we're recording this today, um, March eighteenth uh, at uh, about twelve twenty one Eastern time, and uh, we want to put this one out sort of quick and get it out there so you can um, you know hear about stuff I guess that we've been doing related to COVID nineteen, and then you'll get a couple of more episodes afterwards of things that we've already recorded. So if it sounds a little disjointed and out of order, that's why um, it, it is uh, and. Um, man, I got, I mean, I just want to, I just want to chat. I just want to talk to you. I've been talking, we've been talking so much. We, there's, there's a new normal of, uh, of our days where we have a, a group text, uh, chat where we're talking about what our individual universities are doing and how we're managing this. And then, um, literature and research is coming up and recommendations. I mean, there's just a, th this is a whole, um, uh, unique situation. It's, you know what I've described it as to people. And I keep saying this in emails and in text, everything's just really weird. It's just, it's just weird. Like there's, it's, it's an, in, things are, are odd. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. Um, one of the, God, one of the things that's odd is my, my computer is, ah, uh, it's, um, has it got the coronavirus? So I, 
Well, it, no, it has something. So is it coughing. I had check his temperature. <laughs> Don, you... the fan, the fan spin up and it gets really hot. Oh, mine, um, mine does that too. Do, have you? So I have a question. Let's talk about your computer sure. and, and technology. Sure. So I've been finding my my computer at home um, is I, I have a uh, MacBook Air. Uh, I don't know what is it. Eleven inch? Tw- no, it's twelve twelve inch. I think it is. And um, if I'm on Skype or on Zoom or on Slack a lot, there's a bunch of stuff running in the background that's making it making the fan come on. And it's been so. So I'm I, I recorded an interview yesterday with somebody, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. My fan is spinning. I guess I could turn my computer off and let it quite like cool down, and then I can call you back. And um, this this was a pro. I was talking to a pro, Don. And she mm-hmm. said, no, 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 here's what you're going to do. You and I are not going to say anything for the next 10 seconds, and I'm going to record that ambient background noise. Oh, yes. And then I'm going to cut That's what you call room noise, Ben. Room noise. What? And, and I said, that you can do that? And she said, oh, I can do this. This is not my first interview. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo, It's not my first, ro- not my first rodeo, not my first <laughs> interview. And it, was, and it was great. And um, – and she was a pro, uh, and, and it was yeah, it was just it, my my favorite is just the way that she said it, it was like shh, shh, don't worry, don't worry, we'll just, <laughs> I got this, I got this. We'll be quiet, we'll be quiet for ten seconds, and I'll record the ambient noise, and then I'll cut it out. I'll do it, and I'll fix it in post. That's what they say. say well, and when when a professional says it, you know they mean it. Like whereas when we say it, it's it's just a bit. <laughs> it's, it's totally a bit. I told somebody in my when when we were allowed to see other people. Um, <laughs> Not not in a uh, you know not in a relationship kind of way, but when back before the world was fully on fire, when we actually were interacting with people directly, um, I, I saw somebody in the hallway, and uh, he said to me something about, "Oh, don't worry, we'll just fix it in post." And I was like, "Yeah, we will. This is fix it in post is just a normal everyday thing that we that we say now if you listen to a podcast." <laughs> ah, so so my computer woes. Um, Mail.app um, has crapped the bed, basically. Oh, no. it, it, oh. it, and, and it is a known issue with respect to communicating with an exchange server. Hmm. And the university moved to an exchange server. And basically what happens is like something gets messed up and it starts like trying to move messages that it can't ever move. And I tried to fix it. I deleted all my accounts. I added them back. That didn't work. I deleted them again, and I said, "You know, this is this is just crazy." And so one one consequence of doing that is, um, for a while, I had messages on my phone, um, which I could see who I was talking with, but the messages on my on my Mac just had phone numbers because I had like wiped that out because that was one of the things that you you wipe out when you're resetting all of those things. Um, but that seems to have fixed itself, so that's good. But I've started using um, Outlook, um, which is like. Not bad. Not bad. Right? Like I used I used Outlook on the PC for years and it was pretty good. And it's uh it's it's not bad. I'm I'm learning I'm learning how to make it work. It actually has a lot of features that I really like. And so I think I think I may have uh switched over to, to Outlook and I'm I'm, I may just stick with it um, because I just can't. Oh, and the other thing that I kept my I have such strong muscle memory for the key commands to open mail. 
that I kept opening mail. Oh no. Um, and then, and then, and then it, it kept like slow down and I'm uh, like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to, and I tried renaming mail. You can't rename it. I haven't tried renaming outlook to mail, but that also probably wouldn't be good. Well, that would, that um, seems like a but, but what, feedback. Yeah. That would so be what I've done is I've just left, I left, I've left mail on my computer. I can't, I don't think you can even take it off your computer. Um, but anyway, I, I left it on the computer, but, um, I, I changed the default program to Outlook, but also I left my Google Mail in Mail, and so that way, at least if I open the program, it just syncs the little bit of Google messages I have, uh, Google Mail, Gmail that I have, and then it just sits in the background, and I'm like, okay, just, I just need to remember, just just open the other one. <laughs> so, nice. Anyway, I, I so I I just sent you something in the oh no I just sent something to Veronica uh, in the text she she won't care. <laughs> which Ver- which 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 Veronica. I, uh, so one of, one of our two Veronica's. Veronicas now, and they both talk to us on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was a different. It's a. It's a, um. You, you know the Veronica who's listening. Well, both of them will listen. Sorry, the the Veronica. <laughs> now I feel bad. Like I've left the other Veronica out because I was going to say the Veronica who's listening. Uh, or both of them are listening. They'll know who I sent it to, but but one won't get it. And then, <laughs> so now I need to send something to the other so Veronica. We should clarify, chemist Veronica, who also is helping us with with COVID nineteen. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Veronica, and and also um public health Veronica. Who is uh, also dealing with COVID nineteen? So, COVID nineteen. I think everybody yeah. is doing COVID nineteen. Oh my gosh! So anyway, I just sent you something that I've been messing around with on my phone and on my watch, which is Spark. Um, and I think I think Merlin talked about Spark as one of he he. There was some. Uh, episode of Dubai Friday, it might've been an after show where he talked about like how he's got like five different mail clients based on the type of mail. Well, actually, let me go back. I think it was five different calendars that he's using calendar clients. Um, But he then offhanded talked about uh, some, he had gone through some email clients and, and I started using spark on my phone as well as on my watch because I really like the interface. Um, But so I've not, I still use the mail dot app. Um, on my on my computer, but I the one of the benefits of not traveling, not going anywhere, sitting in front of my computer all day every day um, that we've only been doing now for really four or five days. Um, the, but the benefit is that maybe I'll in, in, like spend some time um, in, investigating the uh, Mac app for Spark because uh, mm. I I just like the interface and it seems to be it, what's kind of cool about the watch one especially is it tells you how many. Um, have you already viewed this this email? Like it it lists viewed and not viewed. And if you only want to look at, at things that you have not viewed, that, which is what I want to do on my on my watch, uh, it it'll, it's a really quick way to do that. But hmm. mail, okay. So now that we're talking about. Um, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic and let's talk about our mail apps. Um, no, no, this is important. This it, is relevant to some tweets I sent uh, uh, earlier today. So it, yeah, it is. So I I um I t- I talked about I told you that I I have a, a series five watch with cellular which I still absolutely love, but mail there and if there's any listener that knows of an app that could do this, I, it does not sync my mail unless my phone is with me and this only becomes an issue when I'm running and for whatever reason I want to check my mail I can get I can um there's a a, a tweet app or Twitter app called chirp that'll send tweets to my watch wirelessly without having my phone. The messages works. So I get texts. Um, 
uh, I can download podcasts. I can listen to music, all of those things, which are things that as I'm like, not with my phone, I want to do, but email is something that I sometimes want to at least check and delete if I'm not with my phone and I don't know of a good mail app to do that. And it's, there's probably some technology reason for it. Like it can't send the SMTB gibberish to the, to the servers on the exchange side or whatever the nerds mm-hmm. say. Um, but I, I just, if there's, if there's anything that, um, if anybody knows of a good one for their for their watch that is for cellular, let me know because that I've been, but anyway I like Spark. It looks really good on my on my watch and it works, but I have to have my phone still with me. Yeah, and I don't I don't I'm not I don't need to. Mostly I use my watch for well for controlling my podcast and then also just for um uh like seeing notifications. Um, I'm not ready to do email on it yet or even try to read email on it. And I, I mostly, since I, I don't run, I only walk. I always have my phone with me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, uh, like, I'm, yeah, we talked a little bit about this already where I try to uncouple from my phone sometimes like yesterday. Mm-hmm. I walked. Yeah. The, so one of the things that I have been doing a lot is walking my dog more. The dog is super happy about COVID-19. Um, <laughs> because dogs everywhere. Dogs are fully in favor. Oh my gosh. So Stanley is, you know, there's, there's four people in the house at all times, um, or at least on the property of the house. And so he's got lots of people that he can get pets from. And I'm, I'm, uh, really trying to make sure that, um, that I spend, you know, a good, a good portion of every couple hours, just like walking away from my computer, um, just refreshing, walking my dog. And so, um, I, one, one thing I caught myself doing yesterday was I was waiting for something to come in via email. And so I took my phone with me and I really, for an entire mile and a half walk, I just looked at my phone and that was kind of defeated the purpose of what I was trying to do, which was don't look at your phone and walk away. That's why I have this cellular, um, option on my, on my watch. It's not, so it's omnipresent. It's if I need something or if I think about it, I can just swipe, but I'm not, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot for whatever reason, it's a lot easier to, you know, hold a phone and walk than it is to like constantly look at my watch, um, and wait for things to come in. And so anyway, I, I took my phone for a walk yesterday and it was not what I wanted to do. I don't know. I don't even know what the, what the story is. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink some, some have, have a drink. I'm going to talk for a little bit. So <clears throat> the, the make or break for me is that spark has to support, um, exchange and it looks like it does. So, uh, I'm, I may check, I may check that out. So, so that's good. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of other tools that are amazing. So, so the, 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 and these are, were amazing tools before, but they're especially amazing tools now. Um, and the, the, the second one, uh, first is text. <laughs> expand. It's, um, it's only because it's, it's second on your list. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there's, it's, it's always two things with Merlin. So, right. um, and so, uh, Oh, let me get it up here. So text expander is a really, a really cool app that lets you make uh, keyboard shortcuts for things. Uh, I haven't, I haven't fully implemented it in, uh, in, in COVID-19 mode. I'm just starting. But one thing that I realized that I needed very quickly was to be able to call up, um, some resources that were developed by a, a state university, um, south of me. I think you might be familiar with it. I'm familiar um, with it. And so, uh, so now when I type N COVID, 
uh, right, which is also NCOVID, um, it will pull up the amazing uh, website that uh, Ben has created uh, on COVID-19 uh, resources. And so uh, we'll link to that in, in the show notes. It's definitely worth checking out if you have to do any communication at all around COVID-19 or you're just interested in what the best recommendations are for home and community, for uh, um, um, uh, retail environments, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, so that's, so, so that's a plug for uh, Text Expander. I'm just going to kick my dog. So stop, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Um, Don't worry. Stan will be here full, soon. Full, full, full dog Foley. Um, and then the next app that I want to talk about, which is, which is absolutely amazing, is Drafts. Yes. And, and, and uh, so Drafts. We'll link to it. If you don't know what it is, check it out. Um, it's uh, it's on the Mac. It's on the iPhone. And what the thing that has absolutely been a killer um, application for me is Drafts has something called TweetStorm. And so what you do in Drafts is you write a message. It's just a text editing app. It, it syncs everywhere. Um, you know, So what you write on your, uh, your Mac pretty soon shows up on your uh, iOS device, like virtually instantaneously if you have fast internet. And, and basically it it will let you um, write a, a tweet storm. And so I've been getting a lot of questions from people on Twitter. And so uh, and I've also been posting some stuff. Um, and we, we can talk about uh, my uh, uh, five minutes of internet fame on uh, Daring Fireball. Was that this week? I don't know. Um, I think it was this week. Um, but, uh, but basically it lets you sort of get your thoughts together, think about what you're going to write in a tweet storm, and then it'll help you format that tweet storm so that it will go out like to get the, each, of the, each of the tweets in the storm the, the right way, right, the, the, the right length, and then it numbers them for you. And so it's a great way if you get – I mean obviously if you get a question from somebody, you can answer it right then in Twitter. But it's a lot better to give a more full answer. And if you write these as, as, uh, as tweet storms or tweet threads, um, it just it – just, I don't know. It's just, it just – I just – I'm really liking it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just a great way to kind of dig in and, and, and talk about a subject that you that you it would be if you did it in the twitter app it would be hard and it would be awkward but draft just makes it so seamless and you can start you can start on the mac you can move over to the ios you can move back to the mac um and just it just it's just i don't know it just is really it just it just removes friction right in terms of communication like i was sitting down uh to eat my lunch and i was looking through twitter and i realized oh man there's this this tweet from this guy i wanted to respond to I don't really want to do that now. What do I do with it? Do I say, like, wait a minute, wait, just put the, put the, the link to his tweet in drafts and just, just start writing, just start writing a response. And I did. And, and like within five minutes, boom, I had like a, a nice little short tweet storm that basically talked about risk around this particular topic. So anyway, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm a 100% drafts user as well. I used to use Evernote, um, for almost all of my text writing. And, and the reason why I got into Evernote was for the exact reason, um, that, that you kind of mentioned here where it's like, I can start somewhere, whether it was on my iPad or on my phone. And then all of a sudden I can go back to my computer and it's all in one spot and it syncs really well. Drafts does that really to me, for me, even better. What's what I've really used it for a lot is again, there's a, a phenomenal watch app that comes with it that is a it's a text capture app that goes right into a draft so i if if i'm out somewhere and i think about something as i actually do this quite a bit while i'm driving um so not to like get my phone or touch it at all i'm like oh i can just hit my my drafts app uh, on my watch i'll um start some sort of a thought and then i know as part of my workflow um you know there, there are there here are the the um 
the apps that are always open on my computer and on my uh, on my um, iPad. Slack, Drafts, OmniFocus. Um, those are the three that I know that I'm syncing up. So like my workflow is as I get up, I look at OmniFocus. I look to see if I've got any team messages, uh, happening in, in Slack and that's operating in the background. But then drafts is like my, my go-to place that I know if I've started something, it's got to go into OmniFocus from drafts or, or whatever. But that the watch app, like sync has been really, really good. The other thing that's awesome, I don't know if you've used this, but there's a task list on drafts as well. I, that's how I make my um, shopping lists. So cool. I have, I start like sort of, we, we've got, you know, there's, there's 60 things that we, we often buy. So I've got like a draft that is all those 60 things. And I'm constantly like, and it's got a tag that this is just our normal things. And then I mm -hmm. throw that into, um, you know, into a new draft and I may edit it down cause I don't need artisan bread or honey nut Cheerios. I'm looking at one of my ones from today or crane apple juice. Cause we already have some. So let me take that off. Uh, but here are the common things that I know we're going to need to get. Um, I think you're thinking of artisanal bread. <laughs> I am artisanal bread, artisanal bread. There's, you know, there's, um, so, all right, let's talk. The, what, uh, let's talk COVID nineteen. Let's there's there's okay. a so what, there's a so virus in more, the room. There's one more, <laughs> one more, one more um, COVID nineteen adjacent workflow adjacent. So as you as you started saying several several minutes ago at the top of the podcast, you started talking about uh, the text channel that we have, and and sometimes. <clears throat> Sometimes your day starts um, with uh, a text from a colleague. Um, like, for example, this morning I woke up and there was a, a PDF in the text channel um, for an article that said uh, evidence for gastrointestinal infection of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, and I'm like, huh. What does that mean? And so um, I actually did a little bit of a deep dive into that, and I, I think I went and tweeted about it because this is, you know, one of the things that you and I have been spending a ton of time doing is talking about um, foodborne risks of COVID-19 or what, what's the risk of contracting COVID-19 from food. And, you know, uh, uh, TLDR, um, uh, virtually zero, right? Like, yeah, like you, very, very, very it's, low. It's, it's theoretically possible. We've never seen a case. It's highly unlikely to happen. But <clears throat> this article, uh, which was just published in Gastroenterology, um, it, I, I, it's the, the title, again, is Evidence for Gastrointestinal Infection of SARS-CoV-2 or, or COV-2. And, and it's actually a, a kind of a really interesting article. It's by Chinese researchers. You know, they've been sort of on the forefront of this whole thing. And if you're, if you're the least little bit nerdy and scientific, I encourage you to read it. But basically what, it's not a long paper at all. Um, and it's rel what it says basically is that, you know, th apparently this, this organism does in cases of these these Chinese patients that they looked at, um, it does cause um, some sort of gastrointestinal inf infection. Now, that that's that is a much different thing than than you can get this organism organism from food, right? Because it, it looks like they probably got it in a respiratory manner, and then it was. Um, basically trans you know, went through their body and then developed or they developed a gastrointestinal infection. Um, and then obviously it would come out in their, in their poop, um, which I guess if you, <laughs> as I, as I put in my tweet, if you sniffed it, um, you might, uh, you might get, uh, COVID-19. So, but, but anyway, it's, uh, yeah. So th this is our life these days, Ben, this is our life. It really is. It's, um, so, uh, this is, um, it's a really interesting paper to look at because the I think early on in our conversations with anybody online with journalists, we highlighted this issue around 
um, COVID-19 is, is not known to be uh, a foodborne illness. And, and, and this, like, this paper is kind of wrapped up in the nuance of what is a foodborne illness? Could this virus be foodborne? Yeah. It can be food born. Is there the likelihood that there's an illness that is uh, derived from the food that this virus is born on, born to, born to? I don't know what the right um, use of that word is. But born on, born on. I think yeah. Uh, it's, is it is it the born identity? Is that something different? Uh, I didn't bring my bell home, Don. So I, I, I you're, I'm, thank you. I'm relying on you uh, for this. Um, so there's there's a there's a real nuance like and I think early on in these conversations with journalists some of that nuance gets lost because that's not the question that they were asking. They were asking like, where, you know, wh- how are, are we likely to get this from food? It's like, no, we're, we're not. Well, the why, and I think much of the interview uh, landscape has changed over the last couple of days to talk more about this, which is good. And we'll see what the result of that is. Cause I haven't seen a whole lot of um, outputs from, from any of the things that I've, um, that I've done in the last day or so. But, but this paper is going to add, I think to the general conversation and probably confusion of it. And it's going to mean that we're going to have to explain a little bit more. And I, think your your discussion of it already is is exactly it it's like can we find virus in poop yep can we find live virus in poop yeah it looks like that's the case is poop a good transmission um vehicle through food for this virus i still think the answer is no um and is it possible that it's going to happen it's always possible. There's a like, like you said. There's a theoretical aspect to this, and um, I'm gonna we'll, we'll refer to a couple of virologists who we've been interacting with a lot um, on this issue, uh, and uh, Leanne Jacobs, who's one of my really close colleagues and friends at, here at NC State, as well as Matt Cosey, who's also one of my close colleagues and friends also at NC State. Um, both are virologists working in, in this area, and and Matt highlighted to me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, as we were having a conversation just about live virus and virus uh, particles um, in poop and um, gastrointestinal um, flush of, of virus particles, this isn't uncommon. We see it in influenza as well. And he does a lot of work with uh, avian influenza um, and, and the likes of, uh, of that. But the, the real question is that, that you and I are trying to answer and that we're trying to get the, the nuance on is, is this a likely mode of transmission for people through food currently for COVID-19? And, you know, I think we're kind of in the same um, mind space as FDA and CDC and USDA and looking at uh, at the literature that this is I- information that, uh, that contributes to that knowledge base and to, to the decision, but still it's, it's not, doesn't look like food's a real good transmission vehicle today, right? Like right now we might, we might find that epidemiology, epidemiologically, this all changes. Um, and, and we, we've got a different answer, um, down, down the road, but this is what we're working with right now. Right. And a couple of related to this sort of angle of like, like, we don't, yeah, we're, we're saying very confidently that it's not, it's not foodborne and the risks from food are, are vanishingly small. 
But at the same time, as good scientists, we should always be looking for evidence that we're wrong, right? And and one one another sort of related point um, is this. The, and again, we keep looking to uh, other uh, respiratory epidemics um, to to kind of calibrate or to help sort of ground truth what we're saying. And and there was um, uh, there was a SARS outbreak uh, in the early 2000s and. It looks like that at least part of that SARS outbreak, where it spread through a uh, an apartment building, um, it was spread um, actually from from feces, and it was spread uh, airborne, and it had to do with the plumbing system in that in that building being improperly configured, such that as people were flushing their toilets, it was creating this aerosol spray at certain points in the building, and so people contracted SARS. You know. In a mechanism where where poop was, you know, aerosol poop was actually the the original cause, and so and again, so that's that we we sort of knew about that, but now we've sort of dusted that off, and and again, it's it's been it's been brought up in in some of these discussions, um, and then the other thing I want to say. And again, I spent some time uh, tweeting about this and and, and getting ahead of this, um, uh, which was actually very coincidental because just at the same time I saw this article, um, I got a tweet from or I got a tweet. God, I got a I got an email message. God, Ben, it's there's so many ways we communicate. I got an email message. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I got an email message because my my most of my colleagues don't tweet or text. That's a different world. That's the world that you and I live in. Um, but this was an email message from a colleague who said, hey, this looks really interesting. Um, this MMWR article, initial investigation of transmission of COVID-19 amongst cr- among crew members during quarantine of a cruise ship in Yokohama, Japan, February 2020. And there's a couple of really interesting statements in this, and I'll see if I can see if I can find my my, my tweet about this. But basically, uh, the punchline is that the preponderance of the number of confirmed cases, and again, so there's um, there's uh, 1,068 people on this ship. Uh, 20 cases were confirmed. 15 of those 20 cases were from people that were part of the food service crew members on this cruise. And and if you read the article, it says basically it was thought that the original infection came from a passenger and then it spread to the crew and then it spread amongst the food service crew and then um, it spread it spread back out to some to some 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 other passengers. Um and of course if you read that quickly and you don't think about it, you're like, wait, food? Wait, food. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. But a couple of points. Um, there and so they in the MWR article and of course they 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 make a statement here um, in typical um, in typical CDC fashion um, uh, uh, these interviews indicated that infection had apparently spread amongst persons whose cabins were on the same deck deck three and who worked in the same occupational group food service probably through contact or droplet spread which is consistent with the current understanding of COVID-19 transmission. So what that is saying in very indirect language is we don't think this has anything to do with food, (laughs) right? Right, right. They they never explicitly say that. But a couple of key points. Number one, if you look at the different types of work being done on that cruise ship, the, the most of the people on that cruise ship working in food service. So first of all, most of the people on that ship, if you had to pick a, a, a group of workers and you were just throwing a dart randomly, the odds are that you're going to hit food service, right? And then the other thing, which was pointed out to me by another colleague and also by, by uh, a person on Twitter is – 
you know, so, so the biggest category is food service. The next biggest is housekeeping. But if you think about how those people do their job, how do housekeeping people do their job? Well, they work sort of alone and they go from room to room doing housekeeping. How do food service people work? Well, they work all together in a, in a giant kitchen, yes. right? Um, in uh, close quarters. Also- in, cl- in close quarters. So w- that sounds like perfect opportunity for a transmission of uh, uh, of the, the novel coronavirus. So so anyway, it's been it's been interesting. And it's it's been I mean, I don't want to say fun because, gosh, it's a terrible tragedy and people are dying. But it's it's been a change. And, and, it, and it's been it's been good to actually kind of get outside the comfort zone just a little bit. Um, and, and think about stuff like use the same tools, like, like in, in thinking about this, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's look at probabilities and let's look at ratios and let's think about this. Right. And let's, let's use the the tools that we were communicating about food safety to communicate about, about this. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been exhilarating, I guess. I, I'm trying to not be too positive because it's going to be, it's going to be friggin' exhausting yeah. if this keeps up as, as I think I, I, I tweeted out, um, COVID-19 is freeing up a lot of time on my schedule because meetings are getting canceled, trips are getting canceled. Um, but for now, all of that work has been replaced with only doing COVID-19 work and not doing anything related. I mean, I'm sort of keeping up with my other job, right? But but it's almost 100% COVID-19 all the time. Yeah. It, it, so uh, I, I've, got two, I've got two things. One is I want to um, come back to the um, to that paper, um, that was in MMWR this week, uh, and, and, and highlight one of the things that, um, happened, I think very quickly throughout the U S in, in this outbreak management is, is closing dining areas of restaurants. And so in this, you know, in here, it's the crew dining area was identified as the primary area of congregation for the crew. Passengers didn't have access to this part of the ship. Great. But the crew still all dined in that same area in close quarters. I've never been on a cruise. I think I'm probably not going on a cruise ever. I don't know. Um, oh, river cruise, highly recommended. It, yeah. it's, it'll be fine. Definitely do a river cruise. They're awesome. Okay. Well, and, and I'd like – I mean I kind of like the idea of the cruise. Um, but I'm, I'm – I, I, I don't know. And, and then I listened to uh, – uh, um, uh, Roderick on the line this week and the Joko oh, cruise. Yes. And so, so anyway, but, but here, like, it's not about the cruise, right? It's about crew dining area and eating amongst people that th- more, more people who happen to be together who may have symptoms is equals more risk of exposure. And, and so, so it's not it, like, it's it's not the food it's the it's the dining right like that's what i took away from um from this paper the the most and it very much it gives really good justification for um we should all just get takeout if we need to go to a restaurant and use drive through and let's not all eat in one one big place um and it's a, it, what is don what is so weird let me let's just like step out a little bit on on this cuz it's it, this is my sec this is my second point cuz there's always two things um every day over the last week and let's maybe even go back last 10 days there's been some escalation of disease management and knowing the incubation period for this we're every day that we've made a different decision we know as a someone who's in public health, you and I and, and our colleagues, I, I think we have a pretty good assumption that we won't know the uh, impacts of these decisions that we're making. But every day there's something new, right? Like, and it's and it's in in a reaction to escalating numbers. 
but if we if we look at outbreaks and how exponential uh, transmission happens and what we would expect to see in any outbreak, it, it's almost like going back 10 days, we should have just done all this at the start. Like we, we there was nothing that we were going to do because we weren't really managing it that would lead to us guessing that that cases were somehow going to peak just based on on hope and 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 uh, thoughts and prayers. And, and so I like just a very like meta way of looking at this in a public health realm. I think that's been the really most interesting thing, right? Like this wasn't I, uh, a week ago, uh, Monday night. Um, so this is, you know, uh, nine days ago, I was at a, um, my kids lacrosse practice with a bunch of, bunch of parents. We're all standing around outside. We're, we're not practicing social distancing and really everything that happened there nine days ago is most likely going to contribute to whether I'm going to get sick today. Um, but, but at that point, the the general individuals you know just regular parents of lacrosse that i that i know everyone's like yeah this isn't really a big deal yet right like no one's told us that this is important um gosh i hope they don't close schools because what the hell are we going to do and just fast forward nine days to where we are now where schools are closed universities closed almost everybody that i know is working um remotely especially if they had some sort of a uh, a job in a regular regular office and and we you know we won't know if any of this works for 10 days but there was nothing about the numbers going up that made us like truthfully that made me think oh we should do more today like that this is that we're not going to see a a peak like we're if we're not going to do anything these numbers are only going to go up so I, I don't know it's weird that i guess what what i'm trying to articulate it's weird that that everything trickled in at next steps not this is if we're going to stop this, we got to be real drastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, what did I say? I said something funny, like, uh, people, people are really mad at me on Twitter and by people, I mean, one guy, um, that, um, basically when we did our last episode of reconcilable differences not, yeah, no, sorry. God, are we, do we do that um, show too? No, the other show, the other show with, uh, in the, in the MPU, um, <laughs> when we did do by Friday, uh, which is not the country Dubai, although Siri thinks it is. Um, uh, when, when we did Dubai Friday last week, um, Max asked me point blank, um, would I go on a cruise? I said, absolutely, if it meant going on a cruise with John Roderick. Right, and so why? Right. and I think at that point I was still planning on going to the movies with my wife on Sunday. And the, this, and, the, and the, so this is my point. What I've written down here in my notes is rapidly changing, right? Things are rapidly changing. And yeah, I, I miscalibrated, right? I don't I really don't want to go back and listen to the special episode no. that we did with Max on <clears throat> on Dubai Friday. Cause I think I would not agree with that guy that was giving that was me that was giving advice on that podcast, right? I yeah, we yeah. I have I have dramatically recalibrated my thinking. And and yeah, and I, I don't want to make like I don't want to gaslight my my comments. I think it's like um I, I think I miscalibrated. I also think that we take we often take our our leads on this from from federal authorities. Like there's no better like no better example of like vacuum of leadership than okay. Well, what are the what, what what does CDC say right? And not that CDC has a vacuum of leadership, but but like what what is the entire administration talking about? And it's it's not a big deal. That that leads to. A, a social conversation about it not being a big deal until it's a big deal. And then you look back and go, man, not, nothing really, 
you know, nothing really changed. Like if we look at the, if we look at graphing the, the illnesses, we're on the line that we could have predicted and, and, and we'll only hopefully see some of the benefits, you know, 10 days from now or what, you know, or whatever it is. But, but it's, um, I don't know. It's a, we, it's weird to exist in this, in, in this, uh, in this situation. And, and then, all of a sudden, okay, let me let me throw a switch because now we're looking at things differently, and and this might happen. Like this episode might might not age well, right? Like like we may have a situation that you know, like I said at the start of our conversation, we may have a situation where it's like, oh my gosh, no, you know what? None of these cases are are respiratory; they're all foodborne, which I I doubt, and I don't think we have any data to, to support that. But but yeah, damn, who knows, right? Like. Um, well, well, but uh, yeah, but, but, but again, what's the solution, right? The solution is to stop eat. eating food right? like right. That, 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 that only works for about 30 days and then you're dead. So, <laughs> so probably that's not a, that's probably not a best practice, but yeah, but I think what was a, what was kind of a revelation for me was this idea that, and again, this is, we'll, you know, we, we've, we've, we've seen this now and it's, it's come into the, at least some people's consciousness, um, the idea of asymptomatic carriers, right? Yep. Yep. There, yeah. There are some people that die. There's some people that are quite sick and there's other people that barely have any illness at all. And again, just to give you an idea of how I've been recalibrating here on Saturday, had my usual Saturday morning conversation with my, you know, 80 plus year old mom. And we spent a lot of time talking about COVID-19 and, and about, you know, what they were going to do and how they were going to, you know, how they were going to spend their days. And, and, and I said, you know, probably you shouldn't go to the grocery store. Right. And then, and then what I said was, and you know what, you should probably get, um, um, my niece, uh, uh, her, her granddaughter to go shopping for you. Right. And so the, she could go to the, the local Wegmans, she could pick things up, she could bring them out to you, know, give her a list and she'll bring them out to your, cause she's, she's not, she's, she works at a local school. And so she, the school's shut down. So she's not working right now. Um, she could, she could bring that out. And then, and, and then what I said, which now I would strike out and then you guys could have a nice visit. No, no. My, my advice would be, she should not come in your house and she should hand you the groceries and then she should leave. Right. Because she could be infected and, and she could be asymptomatic and she could spread it to her grandmother. Right. Right. I mean, and, and there's a wonderful, and we'll, we'll find this and link to it. There's a wonderful video from, um, Oh, um, uh, Mel Brooks' son. Have you you've seen this, right? Um, where he's talking to his dad, and his dad's behind. Uh, oh yeah, Albert, yeah. No, it's it's. Oh no, it's his, Albert it's Brooks. Not, Albert Brooks. Uh, no, no. Uh, oh, anyway, we'll we'll find. I think it, it is very, Albert Brooks' dad. Fun. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever. We'll uh, we'll Google it. Um, <laughs> and it'll be in a show note somewhere. Who cares? It's all over. <laughs> it's wow, that's a dark turn. I know. I know. Uh uh oh no, Harry Harry Einstein. Who's Albert Brooks' dad? Oh, Mel Brooks' son. Mel Brooks' son doesn't want coronavirus to kill his dad or any other comedy icons. Oh, yeah. That that is the that we'll we'll link to the L.A. Times article. I Tur- got it right. Turns out Albert Brooks is not Mel Brooks's son. His dad is Mel- is a, another guy named Harry Einstein, who <laughs> uh, was an American comedian, writer, actor, um, who. Um, uh, was uh, you would know him from uh, Meet Me at Parkies. I know, I know Harry Einstein. He's the guy that has that funny picture of him sticking out his tongue, right? <laughs> I think you're right. No, so so here's let, let's go down this deep internet dive. Um, Albert Brooks is little little known fact. Um, 
uh, Albert Brooks's comedy tape safety talk. Yeah, yeah. Albert Brooks's brother was uh, Super Dave Osborne, Harry Einstein, Bob or not by Harry Bob Einstein, who also was fantastic in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, a show that you I'm sure are not able to watch uh, with Kristen. Because I am not able to watch. <laughs> well, you're able to watch it, just not well, with I'm Kristen. Able to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Um, uh, so, okay. So other, oh, other, things. so, so what, what, so just before we leave the topic of the devastation of, of COVID-19, um, I just want to share, uh, an article, um, from my local news. Uh, so we just, we found out that we've had a couple of cases in freehold. Um, uh, one of them, a woman, uh, who's 55 years old, um, died, uh, on March 13th, but five people in her family are now in the hospital, each infected with coronavirus. There's a sixth family member who is also infected who's in a hospital in Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, wow. Um, that this is this, and again, uh, maybe the maybe the other people got sick from visiting her in the hospital, or or maybe they got sick when they all got together for a family gathering. But but I mean, just incredible devastation on this particular family. So it just you know again just and again and the hospital where those people are uh, is like like less than five minutes drive from where I live. So it's like that just really drives it home. Yeah. Well, and and that's I mean. This is something that we we do talk about quite a bit on on food safety talk, right? Where um, the updates that we're getting daily are, are growing numbers, right? Like these, uh, you know, I, I think what, today it's like we have sixty three cases in in North Carolina, something like that. Th- that's a number, right? But when you sent that message to to us um, in our um, in our group text chat about um you know this this individual who's very close to home for you it, it does put a face on this and this is the i i don't know like the part that i've i've had to put a little bit out of my mind about the weirdness of this that that that's we're going to only see many many cases like that we're 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 going to be if you know, there's going to be lots of people that we know that are affected by this that either have it and recover, or um, or, or that they well, have it and never know they had it. Right? Never, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could be sitting here having it, never know we had it right now. Um, right. And <laughs> yeah. Um, but but where I really like. Okay, so let's we'll step out and talk a little bit about like university response and how you and I both work. Are you are you officially are you like a state employee of the state of New Jersey, or are you guys separate from that? Like I'm a state employee. No, of, of I'm, North Carolina. I'm a state empl- I'm a state employee. Um, except I'm not. Uh, it's it's weird. Like I don't have the same privileges as other state employees. Yeah. I don't have a pension. So I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a state employee, but I know I've, I've seen where my salary comes from and some of it comes from federal monies, but yeah, essentially I'm a state employee. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I think that's similar to us. We're, I think we are, uh, I'm exempt from the HR act, uh, but I am a state employee. So, um, so where I really like, like as, as things have been involved very quickly in the last six days where we went from, Hey, um, people shouldn't come to work or we're, we're open. You should show up and practice social distancing to don't, don't come here at all, uh, to we're open. And the expectation is 
don't come back here until we tell you you can come back here. Um, and if you need to get like a hard drive to get some data off of it, like mm -hmm. we, we have, then, then just let us know, but make sure that no one sees anybody, not sees anybody, no one interacts with anybody and, right. and we've got a process for it. Right. That's all happened very, very quickly. What, what I'm, uh, what I'm, I think about sometimes is the wave that we're going to get in, in a week or two weeks or six weeks or whatever it is where, all of a sudden, we've got individuals who work for us who now are are ill and and can't can't do stuff anymore, right? Like, so we've gone everything to remote. We're doing our best to keep social distancing and and not going to these situations, but but inevitably, indubitably, um, inevitably, uh, you know, people are going to get continue to get sick because that we were exposed to this, you know, uh, in the last ten days, and and we're carrying and and whatever. And the workforce at universities, but all throughout the supply chain for food and for otherwise is going to take a hit for two weeks or, or whatever. And so I, I think things are only going to get weirder. Um, and then we have like we I really this is the part that I've like pushed out of my mind, but I keep thinking about is that that we also need to think about these are people who are going through a situation who are ill, where if you're sick and you're and and you're hospitalized. We don't really know what the fatality rate is. It's low, right? But it's high. It's 3%. It's 2%. doesn't matter what it is. If I, if you told me, Hey, you're sick, but not really sick, but, um, gosh, there's a 1% chance or a 5% chance that you might die. I might not work as well as I would if, if I was not, if I didn't have that information <laughs> like, like that, I think the, just the, the mental aspect of, of working with uncertainty in a, in a pandemic, um, how we, uh, like, like the paranoia that's, that exists around just any like little cough that you want to like, then turn into a little bit of a joke, like, ah, coronavirus, except I don't really want it to be coronavirus. I, I don't actually want this disease. Right. Um, I think that's really weird. Like we've, I've, you know, we've never really lived through anything like this. It's, right. uh, it's, right. it's, it's well, uh, bizarre. Yeah. yeah th th this, this is a once in a lifetime, um, <laughs> uh, event. Right. And, and, and I don't mean that in a good way. And so a, cu a couple, a couple of different reactions or a couple of, or one, one, one thought before we bring it back to, um, the thing that everybody's worried about, Ben, toilet paper. Um, but, uh, like I've been worried is not the right word, but here's the thing we were due for a global pandemic, right? Or as my wife says, it's don't say global pandemic, just say pandemic because global's right there in the name, right? We were, we were due for a pandemic, right? We had, we had the Spanish flu. Uh, almost more than 100 years, just almost exactly more than 100 years ago, um, which, again, very good discussion on Roderick on the line um, about that it really wasn't due to the Spanish, but 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 it had to do with some some of the way information was being communicated right, during right. World War One. But but like we we've been due and we thought it was going to be a bad flu year. But, you know, maybe we got flu sorted out with uh, with vaccines and whatnot. And we've been dealing with that. But, man, this is a respiratory virus. It spreads just like the flu. And it's a pandemic. And in a way, it's maybe kind of a relief. But on the other hand, gosh, if this becomes an annual occurrence, that's going to be awfully disruptive, right? So, yeah. So that again, that's my uh, yeah, that's my thought on that. And then and then toilet paper. You know, I've been puzzling over this, and I and I I, I did hear a sort of a sensible answer, and I don't remember where. Maybe it was on a podcast. But like, why why are we 
Why are people buying toilet paper? Well, they're buying toilet paper because um, they're worried and they and they they know that the toilet paper is one of those things that they need. But the other angle to this is the toilet paper supply chain is different than other supply chains. Why? Because it doesn't weigh very much, but man, it takes up a lot of space. And mm, so mm. I think typically the way that, and again, this is me just totally basing on a comment that I read somewhere, and I'm not going to find the find the, the official source of this. But the idea is that the toilet paper supply chain is kind of a big and slow moving supply chain because the demand is very regular. And it's not something that people want to keep in inventory because it takes up a massive amount of space for for the amount dollar amount that you can sell it for, right? So it's just not a it's not a it's not something that you want to have full in your supply chain relative to other things. And again, since the demand is fairly predictable, you don't you just you sort of load that supply chain with exactly what you need. And then of course, if there's a panic, then whoosh, it's all gone. And now. You know, it's it's not like we're going to stop making toilet paper, right? So there's toilet paper plants that are making toilet paper, and eventually it's going to come back into the supply chain. Um, so hopefully, you know, it, if you got it, if you need it. So anyway, that those are my uh, wise thoughts on uh, pandemics and toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and the, I, I, I've been thinking about toilet paper as well. The other thing is if I want to store a bunch of toilet paper in my house, I have ample places to do that. It's not going to go bad. It's not going to expire. Um, and if I, if someone tells me I can't leave my house at some point, I'm probably going to need toilet paper like every day. Um, but although here's you, the thing, ben, although if you were out, you were out of toilet paper and you have a shower and you have soap you're good. and you have a washcloth and a washing machine. I, I you know, I'm good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. na maybe now's the time to invest in that, in that fancy uh, Japanese bidet. I, well, then you're, you're stealing my joke. Uh, you're stealing <laughs> my thunder. This is exactly it. I want, uh, I, I'm. I, this is the time to get the bidet, um, and I'm good. I'm good to switch over to this. Uh, but I, yeah, but I'll, let me, let, you know, let me just make a, a guess. I think there are a lot of people that are just not into um, jets of water in their buttholes uh, in the same way that uh, that I might be um, from a from a hygiene standpoint. Uh, Animal. Animals, savages. savages. Who wouldn't want that? Ben? I don't Who know. Um, but. Uh, it's it's a whole you know I, so have you been to the grocery store at all have you what, what's your experience I, 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 yeah so I, I i i and again thanks to the amazing amazing uh apps called drafts that i see earlier in the show um i i absolutely um uh, I was did go to the grocery store, and I will tell you about my experience. It's because it was a very good experience, and it's got a, it's got some good story. I think I think I even used this in some work with the news media. So, you know, nothing like a, a talented academic to continually repurpose the same information, to get more mileage out of it. So. Uh, our local grocery store is Wegmans, so big, big shout out to the folks at Wegmans, who, by the way, are offering uh, curbside pickup, and so I think we're going to go grocery shopping again, uh, and by shopping, I mean pick it up at the side of the store. But I went into the store. Um, first thing you see is a giant sign, again, which I, I tweeted out, um, a giant sign that says, please use hand sanitizer before coming into our store. Nice big sign, hard to miss it, um, and then also uh, a hand sanitizer dispenser. And so, of course, I stopped there and, and sanitized my hands. Well, while I was waiting there, I noticed there was sort of standing on the other side of the door was a, uh, an employee from Wegmans standing there. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. They have somebody uh, kind of asking you or monitoring you or making sure that you do it. And, and it's like, no, that, that's probably not it. And then I, I as I put the hand sanitizer on and I rubbed it in and I waited for it to work, 
I looked over and – so so second point, um, because I'm a, a ecologically conscious person and because I have a million of them, I brought in my reusable shopping bag. So so I'm you know holding my shopping bags, sanitizing my hands. Someone else comes in right behind me pushing a grocery cart. Uh, and the woman who's standing there says to the grocery cart person, would you like me to sanitize the handle of that grocery cart? And then the person said yes, and then she proceeded to do it. And in that interval of – and I don't know if they thought about this, but in that interval of time when she's sanitizing his shopping cart, he's standing there right in front of a giant sign (laughs) that says, sanitize your hands. And of course, after the grocery cart was done, he went over and sanitized his hands, right? So so that was was really cool. So that's a really – and I got a huge shout-out to Wegmans – I tweeted this out, and a uh, colleague, uh, Ed Dudley from Penn State, um, reported back uh, to say his local Wegmans in State College also was doing that, but a couple of other chains were not, so shame on them. Um, uh, this is, I think this is a great practice. So the idea is you know, st- stop it at the door as best you can, right? Um, obviously, another thing that they should do uh, or that, that, that would be helpful would be to keep sick people out of the store. Now, they're not, they're not about to do that. And I, go, I know you've got, you've got some very good advice in some of your fact sheets, uh, which you should definitely talk about in terms of what to do in those situations. Um, but then, yeah, the rest of my experience, I went through the store very quickly. Tried to stay away from people, uh, you know. Got a bunch of fresh produce items, got some some uh, processed, you know, packaged items, and then used the self checkout um, on the way out, um, which I guess maybe has some risk mitigation. But again, I'm not really worried about it. And then last thing I did before I went to my car, hand sanitizer on my hands again. So yeah, so that was my experience. Um, I did I did see, um, and I I almost I almost got into it, but I was like, this is no. There's a, there was a woman there. There was a woman, a shopper, a, a, a person who was shopping at the store, who was, sh- and I and I tried, like I, tr- oh, and I one one more part of the Wegman story in a minute, but uh, there was a woman there, shouting at one of the employees. Oh. This better never happen again. I think she was upset that something was on a a shelf that was near the bottom. I don't, I don't, I I I was, I I almost turned around and said, lady. It's a pandemic. Just calm the f down, right? Yeah, like, yeah. just it, this is not the time to be shouting at this person who is doing the very best that they can. And so, anyway, so I was, I was, I, I again, they, I, I can't find things in that store since they did the last change up, and so, uh, and I don't, I'm not usually the one that that goes shopping, and so I did have to ask some employees, and they were always very nice and helped me out. And then, last thing I'm doing, Ben, because why not? Um, I'm going to go check out the hand sanitizer situation in the store. So I'm walking down the aisle uh, where the hand sanitizer would be, and uh, I pass uh, a couple employees that are standing there stocking shelves, and, and they say, they say, hey, can I, can I help you find something? And I'm like, yeah, uh, joking. You know, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you don't have any, but you know, is there any hand sanitizer? And the guy, his face lights up. He's standing there right in front of a box full of hand sanitizer. What? He takes out this giant bottle because that's all I have is giant yeah. bottles. And he says, look, I, I can only let you have just one. And when these are gone, they're all gone. And I'm like, thank you. That's so nice. And then I, I said, hey, I shake your hand, but <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not. But, but we're not doing that. Yeah. 
circumstances, right? Oh, and so, yeah, so that was my, so I had a very positive experience at Wegmans. Of, again, probably, there's probably, I mean, the biggest risk I faced was being in that store with other people who might be infected. Yep. Nobody noticeably coughed or sneezed or anything. And I, you know, I tried to move as fast as possible and, and just not interact with people. So that was, that was my shopping experience. So, so again, I want you to talk a little bit about your, your fact sheets, but also any shopping experiences that you've had lately. Yeah. So let me, let me talk about the fact sheets really, really quick. So, um, we will link to this in show notes. We have a food safety portal at NC state that, um, that we run in non pandemic times as well. Um, that has a whole bunch of other information on it, but, um, we had this weird situation. So I'll, I'm going to put a pin in shopping and I've got another story for that and I'll, that I'll come back to. But the weird situation in the at the start of this outbreak, and I don't think I shared this with you or um, Michelle or Linda, but there was a day or two where I was unsure whether I was able allowed um, because we got a message from our chancellor whether I was allowed to do any media or any outreach around COVID-19. Because the the message we got said, um, I'll paraphrase it and then I'll see if I can find this um, as as I talk about it. But it basically said every media uh, request must come through university uh, communications. Um, and okay, and I've I've found it here. This is goes goes back to March fourth, so we're four two weeks ago. Um, this is a university-wide concern that has the potential of significantly impacting ongoing operations. Accurate, timely, and consistent communications are critical. Per NC State um, immediately, or per NC State regulation. So this is like no no BS, like, w- like this is serious, right? Like we're pulling out, you know, the policy regulation number, 040001, effective, and this is in bold. Oh, as a number. As a number, effective immediately and until further notice, all coronavirus-related communications must be reviewed and approved by university communications. This includes, and this is the part that was difficult, but is not limited to communications to students, faculty and staff, posters, flyers, billboard slides related to hand washing and other protective measures, web or social media posts. So Don, you know what I do, right? I do, um, you do all of those things, <laughs> posters, flyers, <laughs> things related to hand washing, protective measures, web or social media posts. And so I, I, I mean, basically I didn't know what this meant. Um, and so I sent it out uh, to uh, my, my, you know, my folks and saying, okay, let's, we got to get ready for this, but I, I, we're going to have to get everything reviewed. And so I, what do I do? And so I went back and forth with the university communications. Um, we, we got some stuff ready for university communications to review. I don't know what they would be reviewing for. Like we, we took CDC information. In fact, the, the really interesting part, and this is, I, this is not, please don't get this as me complaining about it because th- this is, um, I, I just want to walk through the situation that we clearly have figured out and everything is fine. And it wasn't like, I don't want to be a whiny faculty member on this, um, at all, but I didn't really know what they were going to review it for. It was kind of this black box, how quick they would review it, what, like what, what I was going to be able to do. And then what I didn't know was what if I get a media request, how do I handle this? Um, and so it got clarified pretty quickly. Um, and in fact, the fun part is that university, well, my Cal's, my, my college communications actually reached out to me and said, Hey, can we do a video? And I was like, I don't, 
I don't know. I mean, you guys tell Can me. Can I? We do a Can, video? Yeah. Is this a trick question? Well, uh, am I supposed to refer to policy 0014400? Um, and, yeah, and they're exactly. like, yeah, they're like, no, 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 it's it's fine. And so I did get clarification really quickly because I got lots of friends in communication. And one, I want to just give a shout out because he's doing a fantastic job, always makes me look good. You know him from uh, both Facebook and Twitter, Matt Shipman, who's our um, public information officer guy. Um, it, it was clarified really quickly. They're like, no, 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 we don't want you talking about what NC State is doing to manage coronavirus. And I was like, damn, I don't even know what NC State's doing to manage coronavirus. Don't why would I? <laughs> That's easy for me to not do that because yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't, I don't want to get involved in that. And they're like, okay, you're good. Go ahead. So then we kicked into. And, and that just, and just like let's step back for a minute. That actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because those are policy decisions that are being made within the university. You're not privy to those decisions. Maybe as a faculty member you have opinions on that. But really like that's just – that's not your business, right? Right, right. And I and, – and in fact, it's – you know, you, you've probably – um, experience this. Leanne and I have talked about it um, as well. Leanne Jacobs and I have talked about it. Like we've had a couple of norovirus outbreaks, right? Both Leanne and I work in norovirus work. Um, they don't often call us to help with that, right? Like, so there is a, 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 a wall that exists. Sometimes they do for a little bit of advice, but, but the management team usually doesn't in, include researchers that are working on this, on the problem. And, and again, that is not I don't actually have a problem with that, right? I'd much rather administration take information that's out there and make a decision um, and, and keep me out of it, but know that I'm going to work with all the businesses that, um, and, you know, I'll, let me list a bunch of different type of stakeholders here, right? We're looking at retail, food service, grocery stores, food banks, farmers markets, UPIC, community gardens, um, all these folks that I work with in a, on a daily basis around food safety questions, they're going to have questions about what do I do about COVID-19? So I'm going to try and answer those to the best of my ability using, obviously, science that's available, um, really making sure that we're in line with with what the community is talking about, um, not, not being – um, not, not putting something out that's overly dramatic. That's not based in any, uh, any justification, but, but you know, that's kind of my job. Can I do that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. That's not what this message isn't for you. It's for everybody else that doesn't do this work. So I got kind of an exemption. Um, and so early on last week, I would spend every time that I got an, a media interview request, I would send it to university communications and I'm like, Hey, can I do this? And they would send a message back saying, yep, that's fine. And then I got a message back after like the fifth or sixth saying, um, <laughs> hey, we don't need to ask. Us. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyway, so we so so that's the like background story. And and and, and I, I don't oh, know. So, I, so let me first let me just just contrast that with what my approach was, was I never got any message like that. And I just kept doing like the things that I was going to be doing. Um, and then and then a colleague of mine uh, reached out to me and she said, um, hey, uh, they're asking me to do some media around viruses. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm happy to give you advice. Um, and then we ended up actually partnering on a lot of things. And then and then honestly, I just every time I get something, I just forward it to the media office and I say, hey, look, I did a thing. Here's a thing. Here's me quoted in a thing um, and and never really asked anybody's permission because I just figure it's part of my job. But I also didn't get I didn't get I didn't get an email telling me not to do stuff. So, yeah, well, and that was like that was the weird part, right? Like I've almost never I've definitely never received an email that said, don't do this. Right. And <laughs> like that I can remember, I did receive an email <laughs> that said, you better clarify this quote in USA Today 
away from six days ago or people are going to die. Um, oh. which, which how, is how different. How did that work out? Uh, I just, I sent like, yeah, this is, you know, it, it was fine. It went away. It, I, I said, yeah, that it's not, there's nuance to what I said. And here's the nuance part and all the other things that we're talking about now include this nuance. So hopefully that's good and peace, peace to you. Um, so anyway, uh, the, so that's, that's, I guess like the, I don't think it can work any differently, right? You're in an organization that has responsibility to um, thousands of employees, uh, tens of thousands of students. They want a coordinated response, as they should. Um, so let's let's put a let's put things on lockdown, and then let's review things on a case by case basis. And then I was outside of that case by case basis, right? Like it took some time, and I'm not, um, and I'm happy with that entire process. And well, and, and, and honestly, like this is moving so fast. And here's the thing. They hired you to do a job. You have a PhD. You're probably mostly going to get things right. And if you don't, you'll fix it. But to, to, but to wait through some kind of – and again, it's, I'm sure it's very different in places like the CDC, right, where you, you really – as a government agency, you really have to be careful. But – um, you know, and you and you really do want a coordinated response, but that but that slows things down. Whereas I think that we're kind of lucky in our jobs with extension that no, we're supposed to kind of go out there and and get dirty and maybe make an occasionally make a mistake because people need this information, right? They're yep. gonna they're gonna do stuff if if we don't tell them Ben how to make hand sanitizer from scratch, they're just gonna go on WikiHow and do whatever it says or not. <laughs> right, they're gonna go to the someone who. Uh... Uh, says use Tito's uh, vodka and then Tito's vodka for the first four days just responded to everybody who said that directly and was <laughs> don't like, don't do use that. our vodka. Don't be idiots. Not the uh, right concentration. No, no. So, so yeah, it's, um, it, it that's, it, it's been very interesting to exist in this. And, and I do like, I, I want to like, uh, you, you know, this, this wasn't part of your graduate school training, um, you know, experience in the same way that it was for me, like working with, with Doug and, you know, Doug Powell will link to some, something, um, uh, somewhere, uh, Doug's, Doug's in Australia and is, is, uh, you know, retired from the world of academia and, and still calls me, um, three or four times a week. And we talk a lot, uh, but he's dealing with a lot of health issues. Uh, when, when I was in his lab, this is a lot of what we did. Like I got, I really got trained on how do you work with media? What types of questions might they ask? What, how does this evolve over time? Like the questions at the start of an outbreak are different than the ones you're going to get four or five days later. And so be, be ready. Think about what, what's missing in the stories. Think about the resources that you might want to create. Um, that you can that you can really backfill to to answer some of these questions. Like I I really do feel like I was equipped with the skills in that ex in that um, in that experience to do this. And and as much as as I I and it's like you said, it's a weird spot to be, right? Like I I enjoy responding to this. I I really enjoy helping to coordinate some of these messages and working across like multiple universities on this stuff. Like this is not something that we that we often do. I wish it didn't have to come when there was a time where a bunch of people were getting sick and dying, right? Like like that's that there's a there's a conflict in my um in my in my feeling about this because I, I do. I, I want to be part of this and I feel like I've got the, the, the background to do it, 
but but damn it sucks that people are getting sick and dying right like that's the, the i don't know it, it would be it would be great to not ever have to use these skills um and i don't i don't know what else to to really say about it yeah well i mean what 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 choice do we have right like i really feel like you know it's like okay well like stuff's happening and we need to do the best we can to fix it and let's just 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 just, just keep going so yeah 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 no. so so one, uh, so so I really, I really do at some point want to get to your <laughs> your fact sheet on homemade hand sanitizer because I really do have questions. Uh, I have a, I keep, I keep moving that uh, tab in the in the browser uh, over to the side after I link a few more things. But one one thing I very much want to talk about, uh, and it, it really was only on Monday. Um, I can't believe this, but so. Um, uh, a, f- a friend, I wouldn't say friend of the podcast, but a, f- uh, a friend of friends of the podcast, uh, John Gruber, who runs a website called Daring Fireball, had a post um, uh, a couple of days ago uh, now on uh, which uh, um, which basically there's been a there was a guy um, on uh, Twitter who had a, who's a he's a chemist and he had lots of insight as to how. Um, uh, detergent uh, affects um, COVID-19 or affects coronavirus. And he had a very popular tweet thread. And from uh, that tweet thread, he got to write a, uh, a article in the UK Guardian, um, which uh, John Gruber linked to. And uh, I, I don't have that article up right now, but uh, basically it basically said, um, hey, soap is much better than hand sanitizer, so you should be washing your hands. And, and again, I'm, I'm a great believer in hand washing, but I'm also an equally great believer in um, uh, soap and hand sanitizer. And so I put a, a Twitter thread out there and, and basically tagged, um, uh, tagged John, uh, uh, who's at Gruber, um, in, in the post and uh, retweeted it a couple of times, put it a couple of different places, put it in a Slack channel I'm in with some people that know, uh, that know John, basically saying, look – what he what he put on daring fireball was not correct right and so please um i i just want i just want him to issue and he does this he's very yeah. good about this i mean he, again he mostly writes about apple stuff and technology stuff but he's very good if if he if he gets something wrong he is absolutely right there to fix it and um well not only did he well he didn't actually ever correct the post but instead he just wrote an entirely new post um uh which is entitled follow up on soap and hand sanitizer which actually you click on the headline it links to my it links to my Tweet thread, and I'll just read. Uh, I'll just read the first line. I love. I love. Uh, I love John's writing style. It's very conversational, um, and it is very, very to the point. And I'll just. I'll just read the first paragraph, which I just. I just. Just made my. Made my day. It's made my week. He's. Uh, so he, here's. Here's what he writes. Don Schaffner, a Rutgers professor who specializes in well. Exactly this sort of thing refutes the notion that soap is more effective than hand sanitizer when it comes to combating the spread of coronavirus. It's a good short Twitter thread with several sources worth reading. So anyway, and and he reached out to me by uh, by DM and um, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm really grateful. Um, he's I'm, I've been a, just a huge fan of his work for for a long time. And it's just uh, it was nice to have that. Uh, I mean, I, mostly I just wanted to get the information corrected. I didn't need to be recognized. I just wanted I just wanted the, the information corrected. But it was it was nice to get a, a personal uh, shout out there. So 
So yeah, so so for a long time now, uh, Mike Batts has had one up on me because at some point uh, in the distant, distant past of Daring Fireball, he was name checked, and so uh, we're even, Mike, one to one. Nice, nice. So in uh, Gruber and Daring Fireball, that whole world, you know, I have friends in Canada who um, were amazed to find that we like are one or two circles away from the the very most famous world of those <laughs> uh, of John Gruber, and and so it was uh, like my. Um, my claim to fame with, with some of the guys that I went to, uh, to university with is like, yeah, I kind of like, I know of these guys, like, I mean, Merlin, Merlin kind of knows, like we, I know him, uh, from, you know, being that, that one circle step, step away. And, uh, I've got a friend, uh, who was like, are you kidding me? You, what, what? Like, so there's, there's a, you know, uh, nerd, nerd, um, uh, celebrity famous that once you get name checked there, it's, uh, there, there's a certain, uh, segment of the population that thinks that's, that's, uh, really, really cool. And I'm in that segment of the population. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, also I, you know, I'm, I'll, let me, let me tell you what my, my current, like, I, I got I got two things I want to tell you about. One is when I went to the grocery store. <laughs> God damn. You want to tell me about something you like? <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you about going to grocery stores, which is something I like. Uh, and the uh, the but I want to like go through my my current like workflow. So I spend a lot of time in my home office right now. Um, so I come up here, I drink some coffee, and I've been working outside in the Drink morning, a drinking a beer right now. Um, all those, all those good things. Um, and, uh, but then at night, like we're, we're hanging out, we're playing board games. We're watching things on the, on the TV. We watch lock and key, which is excellent. I think you might like that. I think you and Kristen might like that. There are good people and bad people. It's very, Oh, oh, yeah. oh no, no, no. We started watching it last night. So it, I, so here's the thing I have, I'd read the graphic novel and I thought it was quite good. It was very reminiscent of like books I used to read as a kid where, you know, like kids, kids go off on summer vacation yeah. and they, they sort of go into some magical world. And this, is like that, except you got to remember that, um, uh, uh, who's the guy, uh, who wrote it? Um, Oh, um, uh, it's Stephen King's son. It's, uh, yeah, well, that's, yeah. see, you shouldn't call him that. He's no, just, but yeah, that's a guy. Like, that's what I'm going to look yeah, up. So anyway, he's, uh, he, he is Stephen King's son, but he, he his last name is not King and he's no, a very not. good writer all on his own, even without being Stephen Absolutely. King's Joe, son. Joe Hill, Joe um, Hill. Joe Hill. Yeah. Yes. So Joe Hill is an amazing, uh, amazing writer. Um, and I love the graphic novel and we started watching, I think we binged the first three episodes. And so, yeah, it's no, it's quite good. And it's also quite different from the graphic novel. So, so yeah, uh, if you're looking for something to watch in the, in these, uh, times of, uh, uh self-isolation, yeah. Lock and key gets uh, two thumbs up from me and, and check out the graphic novel too. It's great. So I, and I haven't read the graphic novel, but, um, Jack, my, my oldest son's reading it and it's probably a little above his age. So please, you know, don't at me. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's fantastic. Like I thought the show was great. Um, it, and it's been like, we, we, I, you know, I've talked on podcast about we, Danny and I rewatched lost with the kids and that was 119 episodes. And I mean, it took us six months, but that was our like viewing. And then we ended it. And then we've been looking like there, we're always looking for something new. So we watched designated survivor, which Sam and I can't get into, but Danny and Jack like it. And we watched survivor and we watched American idol. Cause the kids like that. Um, but lock and key, I think got us back into the same viewing. So what, that's what we've been doing. It's like, I'm up here. My kids are running around outside. They're on their, um, you know, they're, they're actually doing some schoolwork today. Um, we're not homeschooling cause that's like, crazy um but but our the teachers have sent some stuff home and some projects that they both had so they've been working on that um and then we we you know have this family time we've been playing um uh gosh what's it called there's a it's a it's a game with trains um game with 
trains. I bet you this is going to work on the Google. It's called, uh, no, it's not called Game of Trains. That's something else. <laughs> oh, uh, Railroad Baron? No, Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride. Oh, Ticket to Ride. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's a game with trains. Uh, and uh, we play that, and Danny wins everyone, and we don't even know what her strategy is. Like, literally, she is undefeated. <laughs> Um, and it's really bothering us, uh, the, the rest the, of us. The board game? Yeah, it's a board game. Yep. The board game? Yep. Ticket to ride the board Maybe game. Maybe she's cheating. She's cheating? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. I don't think – literally – so I don't think she cares enough to cheat. I think <laughs> – the trick, the trick is not to care. She doesn't care at all. And then she wins every time. And she's like, yeah, whatever. You guys suck. Um, uh, so we do that. And then I sit on my uh, my iPad and I tweet and I send out things. And then we talk like amongst ourselves around this this outbreak. That's my – that's been the workflow. And it's been very – academically refreshing, I guess, like you, me, uh, Michelle and Linda have this, this text chat that, that is spanned, uh, you know, we, we, you know, years, but most, if we look back at the number (laughs) of, uh, messages that we've sent, most of them have been in the last three weeks. Like, like we're, we're, (laughs) Um, and then, uh, you know, being able to to share some of the stuff that we're putting out there with other colleagues in land grant universities, I'm 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 engaged with a lot of different people um, on that. It's been it's been really good um, from an academic. And and again, I, I say this all in very much realizing that it shouldn't take a bunch of people getting sick and dying to do this. Um, uh, so anyway, the transition from that, uh, happy thought and move to what I experience in the grocery store, which again is my favorite, um, my, my favorite anecdote. So, so I have been, um, when we're on lockdown and that's really the way that I'm looking at it, no one, no one else in my family's going anywhere right now. Like, like, and, mm-hmm. and this is, um, this is because, and uh, I don't think my kids are really good at hand washing. Um, I don't trust them to not touch things. And then I don't want to manage them. Um, and, and Danny, Danny's good at this. Um, but I just feel like I'm so in, into this that, that I'm thinking about it all the time. And I'm thinking about it from a, like, how, what can I learn from going to the grocery store or going to get takeout fee- food? Like what are, like, it's professionally, it matters to me. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. Yeah, like, like, if, like if you go during the day, during work hours, it's okay. Cause you're actually working. I mean, you're, you're yeah. shopping too, but you're actually collecting data. You're getting ideas. No, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm, let me do this. Let me, and I'm the one for the most part who does the grocery shopping most of the time anyway. Um, so this is, this is what I'm, what I'm doing. So I've been to the grocery store, uh, let's say three times in the last seven days, eight days, uh, some, something like that. And one of the times um, that that I went, and this wasn't this morning, so it was sometime probably Monday. It might have been early. It might have been over the weekend. I'm at the self-checkout, uh, and there's very little – like the things that were on my list, I didn't get all of it. Um, but I got most of it. And uh, But I'm at the self-checkout going out. I've got my my AirPods in. I'm listening to some sort of a podcast. And over the podcast in my in my uh, AirPods, I hear a hacking cough like that I would never have thought of before. But now I'm I'm on heightened awareness. And so every like I look over, it's someone who's entering, it's an individual who's coming through the door. I look over, everybody who's in self-checkout looks over, everybody who's at the you know, normal cashier looks over. <laughs> it's like this is this, this is like a social experiment. And if and, it was a movie, there would be a record scratch sound. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
it, exactly. It was so, but here, and this is an anecdote that I've also shared multiple times with, with media, the, you know, cause people are asking about, well, what's, what, what are the risks associated with grocery stores? And you, you've already highlighted this. I'll, we'll reiterate it again. It's being around people that have symptoms, right? Like that's, that's yep. what we know. Um, and then, and then second on the list is being in a place where someone who was, who had symptoms was, and they deposited a bunch of virus on high touch surfaces. Like these are things that, that the epidemiology is, is, is pointing towards. Um, well, and I, the other thing I'll add, and, and the problem is we don't really know, like, like, so, so I would agree that symptomatic people are higher than places where symptomatic people have been. What we don't know is where are asymptomatic people in that hierarchy, right? Right. right? Absolutely. Um, like people, people who are infected, but who are not showing symptoms, they're probably still shedding the virus just through like breathing. Right. Um, but, but we, but that's a big unknown. So, so just, just put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, how do you, I mean, how could you, again, how do I manage? There's that? no way to know if you're yeah. asymptomatic. It's right there in the name. Right. And so, so what should you do? Well, you should like be uh, not out, um, as much as you can so that the chances that you are asymptomatic and don't know it is are minimized. Right. Right. And, and if you are out, Right. Being like thinking about how that asymptomatic person can infect you. Um, well, think about all the things you're touching. Think about all of those high top sur touch surfaces and that we have this really great management step of hand hygiene. This, you know, hand washing coupled with hand sanitizer is, is going to go a long way in reducing risk. So so this person comes in, coughs, at, uh, record scratch. Everyone looks over and all of a sudden. Um, a, a manager, I, you know, I think someone who's in, who's in charge, uh, at, at this grocery store and you, you give a shout out to Wegmans. I'd give, I'll give a shout out. This was at Harris Teeter. One of our, um, you know, we, we've got a lot of grocery stores in the state. Harris Teeter is the one that's closest to me. Um, uh, so a manager like makes a beeline and goes directly to this person and really like, I think for the, the theater of it, um, the, it, it says in a, in a relatively loud voice, um, so everyone who is now watching this, um, you know, says, "You excuse me, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, overstep. But if you have symptoms, if you're coughing, we really can't have you in here. Um, we do have ways that we can do grocery deliveries and and uh, um, and also well or, or pickup um, here. Uh, we have another way for you to get groceries. Please use that. Um, but we really just don't want to ha have anybody exposed. If you are coughing, we don't even know why you're coughing." And, and the person kind of looked at the manager and was like, okay, and turned around and went out. And I was like, damn, that was, that was great. Like that, that was, that worked. Yeah. That worked. Right. Like that. So that, that's the anecdote that, I, that I've been thinking about in, in sharing a lot. That's like, that, that is uh, our heightened awareness around this. Like, yes, I can, I can manage high touch surfaces and I can manage the hot bar and, you know, as a, from a grocery store standpoint. Well, and you can manage sick employees, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but it takes an awkward conversation and turning sales away to to do that, and that's courageous, right? Like that's something that 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 you know the, the people are being put into situations that they haven't been put in before, and to be able to react in a way that that I think is very much in line with what we would want them to do for public health is really cool. Like that's that was that was really good, and didn't just say don't buy groceries. You know, sorry, there's no food for you. It was we have these other options. I think maybe right. that might be exactly. better for you um, in this, in yeah. this situation. Well, 
Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like to, I, as I, I've had this thought from a couple of different directions. Right. And I, I tweeted about it and, and, uh, and, and we've, I think we've talked about it is like, so it's really, it's really easy for me to work from home because I already had cultivated all those habits. Right. Um, we've been having a lot of conversation. Well, well, I was hoping in, in a couple of weeks we would be in Denver having conversations about home delivery services and third-party delivery, right? Like things like Omaha Steaks and Blue Apron and Amazon Fresh and uh, Uber Eats and Instacart, right? I was hoping we would be having conversations about the report that we spent two years writing. Right, right. Um, but now, now that meeting is canceled. But all of those things, all of those very futuristic things actually – are actually helping us right now. Absolutely. Like, like I've, I've heard that uh, Instacart's business is up, right? And and delivery services are are doing great. And and all of this is very self checkouts. I mean, to the extent that that mitigates risk. Like, there's there's so many sort of weird. Oh, distance learning, right? I mean, I you know, I it's no problem. I've got to give a guest lecture in a university class next week. Well. I've actually had years and years of experience giving webinars. So I've got to learn this particular, apparently not too crappy piece of software um, to do this. And um, But it's like, no problem. I, I'm, I've been teaching like that for years, right? Now, my other colleagues who are used to standing in front of students with, with a, a PowerPoint, they're going to maybe have a little bit harder time. And it's going to be, it's going to freak them out, just like it freaked me out the first time I gave a webinar. But uh, it, to me, it's very... It's very exciting. Like, I mean, again, I, I hate to use these. Po- I, mean, I, I, I find myself, you know, look using these very positive phrases to describe this pandemic. But it's very exciting that these things that have sort of been nascent and, and developing are are. This is going to give them a chance to like to really be used, which is which is great. Now so we've got we've still got to figure out how to manage them appropriately, right? And there's there's loads of problems, but but it's a it's kind of an exciting time to have these problems. So. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Danny and I had this conversation yesterday of, can you imagine being in, you know, dealing with a, a pandemic 10 years ago where the infrastructure and technology to, to have the comfort of what we currently do in our home, not be there. And it's, I mean, it's, it's silly. It's like even down to Netflix or Hulu, like I, I really, or, or, I, you know, Apple movies where uh, I'm never going to run out of things to watch, but if I really want to see something that's new, well, damn, I don't even have to leave my, my couch to do that. Um, I, I have a, a, like a gigantic TV in relative terms. Like it's kind of like watching a movie. Everybody's comfortable in here. They're the, that, that piece of entertainment, the is, is useful. My kids are both, um, you know, spending more time on their, um, devices. Actually, one of my kids is spending more time on this device. My one kid is actually grounded um, from his device based on a trip that he took on top of our roof to fly a drone on Monday. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Okay. Right? Um, but but they're they're interacting with their friends online because they already have the way to do that, right? Like kids that they know from school, they can play Fortnite or NHL with them, or mm-hmm. like so so the just the 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 vast technology that we have that that often I think we look at as distractions or this isn't necessary in this situation man does it make life easier um, yeah it's a it's it's a good time to have a pandemic it's a great yeah it's great if yeah it's I'm glad we planned for this one uh <laughs> Uh, show title. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cheated a little bit. I wrote I wrote it into the list of show titles before I said it. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Uh, so, 
It's uh, yeah, it's it it's it, it's been it's been an intro. It's a weird time, right? Like, and it's only gonna get it's only gonna get weirder. I do think, and I've been I've sent a couple of messages to people this week. Um, I you know the, some of the um some of the leadership that we have. Um, in our in our university, I, I can't imagine. Like, I'm glad I'm not in an administrative role because I can't imagine just dealing with questions like uncertainty from what we're going to do, and then questions from faculty members. And I, you know, kind of just shout out to um, to my department head, Carolyn Dunn, on this. She's been so great in just letting us know immediately all the things she knows and all the things she doesn't know. Like, just taking a playbook out of risk communication of like, here's what I here's what I've got. I know you're going to have answers on this and I'm going to do my best to answer them. There's a bunch of things I don't know, um, right now. And, and, and I will take your questions and ask those. And that's a level, like no one signed up to, to be an administrator during a pandemic either, right? Like that, that kind of stuff's weird. And I think that that's, there's a level of, of stress and anxiety that, that people in many different roles, whether it's front lines on a, at a grocery store, um, or or someone administratively in a university or someone making decisions in a company that that we just haven't been prepared for. We don't know how to how to handle and we don't know what the breaking point for these individuals are, but there's a level of stress that 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 couldn't be planned for and is is un you know unforeseen, I guess. Um or at least maybe maybe it could be planned for, but I don't think we could have you can't practice for it. Is that maybe that's a better well, way to put it? Yeah, and and we didn't really plan for we it. Didn't. We didn't. We haven't done too much. A lot of this we're sort of figuring out, right? I mean, and again, the, the public health folks have been telling us for years, you know, hey, it's coming. Yep. Pan- pandemic, you know, pandemic in, uh, influenza pandemic's coming, right? And it wasn't influenza, but boy, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. Um, okay. So I have some questions for you. I okay. Got two, I got two questions. Cause these okay. are, these I, got, are, I got one question for you. All right. Well, let, let's end on three questions then. It's a game of three questions. All right. Um, so, and this is one I, we haven't, we haven't talked about, you're coming into this cold. Um, so what if, what if someone asked you, uh, if, if, if a local health inspector should continue to do inspections right now? Um, for food businesses that are still um, making food, and and if 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 the answer to that is yes, they should. What kind of precautions would you want to put in place for those um, for those inspectors? Whew, right? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, um, actually, I did I did get this question, or I got a I got a uh, I got a, a let me see if I can find it here because um, I, I want to do justice to it. So so a person that I know who I will not reveal um, uh, had a question for me and I will I will find it. And oh, and actually this same person might or might not have it, ha- asked me another question that's actually related to food safety, but it's driven by uh, the pandemic. So uh, let's see. What does this person say? Um all right. Well, oh, so that they did. They did. They did ask: uh, uh, Are saunas and steam rooms high risk? Should health departments recommend closure? Yep. And um, my response was: Well, um, yeah, because people are in close proximity, and and the virus does die faster under high humidity, high temperature conditions. But I'd say there's a risk. And then the follow up question is: But if we aren't recommending that gyms and other businesses close, is it the same risk? And and I think the answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. Let's see. Um, Okay. 
<laughs> and and a, we will not reveal this person, but um, can I ask you a personal? Can I ask a personal opinion from you? Uh, caller, you go ahead. Answer, oh, sorry. What's that? Uh, it's, uh, caller, go ahead. Uh, I thought I was playing along. It was a, it was a bit. It was, it was, I was doing a bit. I was doing a bit. Sorry. No worries. Um, if you don't want to answer, just tell me. But how do you feel about health departments refusing to go out because they don't feel like they can protect themselves and social distance? Um, I think it's BS, um, but they didn't say that. Uh, they, they used a stronger term. And this is what we signed up for. But am I being insensitive? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, my answer is, yeah, I think it kind of is your job. And you're probably mostly all young and healthy. And so you're unlikely to contract COVID-19. Uh, if you have anyone that's over 65 or immunocompromised or has other CDC risk factors, those people should not have to go out. If people live with elderly parents, arrangements should be made to put those elderly parents somewhere safe. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. And I, and my, I end with this saying, uh, I'm almost, and, and again, a person says, uh, we, we're trying to be mindful, um, carry disinfectant wipes, hand sanitize, don't share pens, be mindful of your space, leave if there are actively sick people. And, and my answer was, yeah, hell, I, I mean, I'm almost 60. And if I worked for this person, I would go out because what the hell, you know, I mean, yeah. So anyway, so that that would be. I, I I'm not sure if that was exactly the question you were asking, but no, that's that the is. I just asked. no. I mean, that's. I think that's exactly the question, right? Like, so so this is. Let, let's talk about what the. Um, what can you do? So let's, let's make an assumption. I, I gave the same answer, right? When I got this, I, I gave, or a similar answer. I gave an answer that we, we can't suspend what we're doing from a food safety standpoint because people are still going to get food and what's worse, a pandemic and an outbreak, right? Like, like those right, two things right. combined, and, and, that's not good. <laughs> and the one, the one thing, Ben, that, that has to keep working if we're going to get through this is food, Right. We have we have taps that give us water and we need places to give us food. And those can be supermarkets and those can be the Internet um, and those can be restaurants. Right. And so more than ever, those th those parts need to keep working. I, absolutely. And that's the. Like once we, if that starts to degrade, then, then we really, then we really do have more pressing issues, um, in, you know, in this, in this situation. So we, we've got to make sure that we keep to the best of our ability, these things, these things running. And I think that we can do this in a way that is, um, it, 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 with with risk reduction, right? So so you, you mentioned some, some awesome tips, right? Risk, let's get the high risk people out of there. Um, let's make sure that we are cleaning and sanitizing our hands or washing and sanitizing our hands between any restaurant. When I run an, an environmental health, um, uh, inspection, I might need to amend some things. I don't want anybody touching anything. Like let's, let's not touch any high risk, um, surfaces to protect the, uh, environmental health officer. Also, let's not have the environmental health officer touch anything that might be high, high touch. Um, because they might be moving the virus and they're asymptomatic and they're a super spreader or whatever. We don't know. So, um, but can I practice social distancing? Absolutely. Can I, uh, manage hand washing and hand sanitizing? Yes. Um, and then uh, make sure that that we're following all the public health recommendations. Of do you have symptoms? If so, don't go anywhere. Don't don't go. Don't do this at all. But I but I, I you know I'm, I'm glad we're we're kind of seeing this in the in the same way. We may have to adjust or augment this somehow. But to 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 fully suspend it, I think leads to um, to other risks that that would be that would be really bad to just stack on top of this. Yep, absolutely.
Um, so, 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 so let me let me just tell a, a, a brief a brief story um, that <clears throat> that is related to f- traditional food safety in the time of pandemic, right? And this is uh, has to do with one particular part of a state where the and again food is so important, right? Like this is this is the thing, and this is the whole whole reason I got into the food industry in the beginning is that people have to eat, Ben. So it's job security, right? And so, but what about these kids that are now not at school? They're home. Well. We know, again, just don't don't get me on my socialist soapbox. Uh, uh, people need childcare. People need to eat. People, anyway, uh, all of that stuff. Um, but sometimes the the two meals that the kids get at the school, the breakfast and the lunch, those are an important part of keeping them healthy and alive, right? And so, what do you do? When the schools shut down, well, so sometimes they can come and pick up the foods. Okay, that works. But what about remote locations and where the parents are not able to to take the kids? Well, what what some innovative school districts are doing is they're using the buses, which yep. they still have, to transport food to these kids. And so that's fantastic. But of course, you have to practice good practices. Blah blah blah. Uh, cold foods are probably um, l- lower risk than high foods because of the danger zone and and you know microbial growth kinetics. But I had a really great conversation with a colleague who was asking about what are the risks with hot foods. And turns out I had actually done some of the same calculations and the same science around some of these innovative food companies that are doing home delivery, right? And it's like, hey, no problem. Let me let me take this document that I've got and let me take out the all the confidential proprietary stuff and let me send it to you because I've actually thought through all of the the, the math and the science on this already. Um, and it just, it just felt really, well, it felt good to do some plain old <laughs> normal food safety. Um, but it was just like, anyway, just, just an example of like, again, how, how we're, we're, uh, we're just so lucky to have thought through a lot of these things so that we can, we can help people as best we can in these, in these really interesting and challenging times. So, all right. So that's my, that's my, that's my second story. Um, and then I've got one question for you and I think you've still got one question for me. I do. And you gave me a nice segue cause it was related to schools and it was exactly that. I, I got a, I got a question today. Um, about just recommendations for good non-TCS foods that can be used in exactly the the way that you just described. What what could we get out to people, to kids who um, schools are a, a um, an important nutrition um, uh, source for them? What do we what can we get out to them that that we that would be um, and that here's your here's your challenge, Don economical and down to, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but like, I mean, it's like a hundred, you know, a dollar 68 a, mm-hmm. a kid or something, right. It's, it's, it's not very mm-hmm. much money. Um, mm-hmm. and then also safe that you might leave it at a bus stop, uh, for someone to pick up or that it's going to be transported somehow, or it's going to sit somewhere w- without temperature control. So what do you, what, what kinds of things that would you, um, would you, would you talk, would you, would you suggest? Uh, first thing I would suggest, Ben, is a socialist revolution so that we don't have just a dollar and whatever you said to feed kids. Okay. So that's, that's step one. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Sorry. That's my manual, manual bell. Thank you. Thank you. Um, step two. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about things that are part of this, the school feeding program anyway. Um, peanut butter, um, uh, uh, canned, canned tuna or canned fish. Now, again, it's going to be hard for kids to open that, but again, and that's probably tuna in pouches is probably cost prohibitive, but that's been my lunch lately is uh, eating a lot of tuna in pouches. Yep, yep. Um, 
Cheese is pretty low risk. Um, maybe for some fruit and some fiber, I don't know, raisins. Uh, kids, kids, I think, like raisins, so I would go with that. Um, if you had to pick a hot food um, or a food that was actually pretty shelf-stable that kids like, um, pizza um, is actually, even though it's a hot food that's commonly held out of temperature control, it's relatively robust in terms of food safety. Not not ideal and, and probably would meet the definition of TCS, but based on our research at Rutgers, um, it, it's it's low risk. Again, it's not really the question you, you asked. So no, but that's good. No, I would, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, so, and cheese, so, so cheese those pizza. The, yeah. Sorry. Cheese. Uh, yeah. Cheese pizza. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, no, that's, that's yeah. good. So, um, uh, yeah. So those are, those are kind of my top of mind answers. All right. So, so here, here are some of the questions that, that I got because protein is really the meat and protein options are really the difficult yep. ones. Right? right. So, so what about, um, uh, uh, pre-packaged yogurt cups that are fruit flavored? And, and so my answer to that was, that seems like a really, really good one, but you want to check with the manufacturer about what the pH is, because right. we've seen some variability with yogurt um, that's commercially available, that you might have some that's up like at 4.8 and some that's down at 3.9, and it depends. Um, but I see, I think and I, and I, w I would say, you know, certainly, um, yogurts that are flavored, um, but don't have like fruit at the bottom, boom, right? Like, or, or, or vanilla, vanilla yogurt, um, you know, again, something like that is also going to be, I, I think, you know, relatively lower risk. So yeah, I mean, talk, talk to the, talk to the, the companies. Yep. Yep. And how about this one? This was what, this was the question. This is not one that I came up with and I'm, I, like feel like I hadn't thought about it. And this is a good one. Um, hard boiled eggs in their shell. Um, yeah. So, right. So I, I, yeah. yeah. So the, the best, I, I would, did you like that? I, I don't, don't know, know but. maybe, but whatever. Um, look, my kids don't like anything but chicken nuggets and pizza anyway. So, uh, I think there are <laughs> other kids that, that do like other things. Um, and so the, uh, my response to that was, um, you know, it's non TCS TCS. It's in fact, explicitly in the food code. Um, as long as shell integrity is maintained, you know, meaning any yep. crack could change that. And so the response, and, and this is, uh, you know, one of those things that this is how you would end do by Friday. The response that I got was, well, that's a delicate situation then. Oh, good, good pun. Good pun. Um, and then, then I made a suggestion of jerky as well. It's not a, not a cheap solution, but definitely a, uh, a shelf stable dried meat, um, would be, would be good as a protein source. Do my kids like jerky? I don't know. Um, maybe if, if this was the, the meal that they were going to, they were going to get. And I, you know, again, this is what we, not only shouldn't we have a situation where it's like a dollar 62 a plate, but also why is our sole source of nutrition at schools? Maybe we have some other situations that are, um, systemic that we need to fix. Um, but yeah, maybe, but, we're, maybe we're fixing the wrong problem. Yeah. We're, what is, we're solving for when we need to be looking looking at why here is that is that it <laughs> that's good. is that it is that the right one i have not heard that before oh no that's from i think that's a uh, syracuse syracuse um uh, yeah something like that uh uh, anyway, they uh, so that was it. That was it. So broccoli and ranch dressing also came out because uh, now we're looking at a dark green vegetables uh, as uh, is something else that we have to look at. So anyway, these are you know these are the food safety questions that are COVID nineteen uh, triggered and, and 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 important that we have to keep talking about um, here because this stuff's going to keep coming up. Um, uh, and 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 what 
I think when we did our last uh, episode talking a little bit about COVID-19 and then talking with Max in the very special Dubai Friday, um, I made the comment about like, this wasn't a food safety issue until it was. And now it very much has led into, well, what about all the other food safety issues that are now um, important because of, of COVID-19? And it's, it's been a weird time to be part of this. It's yeah. Um, anyway. I don't know what what else that you have one more thing or or are you done? I'm gonna open another beer just, but I'm but I, let me tell you it's not like related to the episode. I don't have to finish this before we're done. I'm just gonna drink another beer. There's okay, a well, one. I, I I would have had uh, another another whiskey uh, except the the bottle and the simple syrup are downstairs and so uh, I did I did the other day I was doing a, a newspaper uh, uh, or a, a, a interview um, what was I doing so I was doing something late in the day and I couldn't get away and I did ask my wife to bring me a another glass of wine but uh, I'm not going to ask her to help me day drink that was in the evening um, okay so. All right. Um, my question for you, Ben, is about homemade hand sanitizer. So, uh, yes. I, I would like you to talk. I would like you to talk generally about the amazing work that you and your team, and by you and your team, I mean really Natalie, Natalie and Mary, amazing work that Natalie did that you helped with. Yeah. Um, to to come up with all of these fact sheets. Um, but specifically, I want you to talk about homemade hand sanitizer. And then finally, the question is. Why why do you have a picture of a spray bottle and why are you advising that people spray this hand sanitizer? I looked at the WHO document that it was based on and they are not spraying it. They have uh, it in a little bottle. And then know. and then the question is why I'm sure I'm I'm very sure, Ben, that this um, uh, that this spray bottle is going to get clogged with the glycerin that's in the mixture. But I, I've been assured that you tested it and I it did. doesn't happen. So, I, te I tested okay. it. So, so, yeah. so that's a lot for you to unpack there, okay. but go for it. All right. So. Um, all right. So, so this, this question actually came to us, uh, via, um, friend of the show, um, friend of ours in, in real life, um, Elizabeth Andrus from the university of Georgia. Uh, we talk about her a lot national center for home food preservation. Um, we've got a, a nice network of people that are interested in home food preservation, canning, freezing, fermenting, all that stuff. And, and Elizabeth is really the guru that we, that we go to. She, she came to me with a question, um, uh, based on something that I might've tweeted about hand sanitizer. And she's like, this is great. Yeah, awesome. Use hand sanitizer. This is like 10 days ago. What happens when we can't get hand sanitizer? What do you think about these recipes? And so, um, so I, and actually, there was probably like last Friday. So I, I worked with, with Leanne Jacobs and um, our common uh, person, staff member who we have, Beck Golter, who is awesome and would never talk on a podcast because she does not like to be out in front of things. And I like to harass her about that. But she is a very important cog in, in my group on keeping things moving. Um, Beck, well, Beck, and, and here's the thing, Ben. She would be really good on a podcast because she has an accent and people I, really like accents. I know, but <laughs> she she will never, ever come on our podcast. Um, cause, and not because That's I wouldn't be invite her. Yeah, just because she does not like uh, – this is not her thing. Um, so, so Beck um, dug into the recipes that WHO had available, um, found a, a few references to say, yeah, at these concentrations with these ingredients, um, we think that this would be effective against, again, the caveat, uh, other coronaviruses that we've tested like SARS and MERS. Um, and, and Beck reminded me, and this is something that you and I had talked about, but it's in this whole conversation, she, you know, she, she reminded me of how adding certain ingredients into a sanit, like her and Leanne do a, a myriad of sanit hand sanitizer, uh, efficacy studies on, um, 
on, on microbes, like on bacteria and on primarily on human norovirus. Um, and, and, and Beck's comment was, we really need to be careful about formulations because adding something in like glycerin may, may actually really impact efficacy. When we, when we start tweaking with the formulations a little bit, it might be in fact doing, uh, it might be protecting the virus, not, not, not at all doing what we want to do. And so anyway, she was able to find, um, some literature that, that she was really comfortable with. And we ran it by Leanne. Leanne was comfortable with, with the caveat of this is what what WHO, um, is suggesting. And this is why they're suggesting it. But, and I'll, I'll keep coming back to this and this is not because you and I are in the pocket of big, big sanitizer. Um, well, the, speak for yourself. Buddy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, the formulations that are available commercially, you should use those first because they're really formulated for efficacy and repeated use. Right. Like that's that's right. important. Exactly. So, yeah. So this is one where it's like, all right, what if you can't get it? Which in certain cases you can't. Um, so so then we went with this formulation. I went out on Sunday morning to uh the dollar store. Um, a pharmacy and a grocery store and found the constituents because I couldn't find them all in one place. I had to find hydrogen peroxide at uh, the grocery or at the, um, uh, no, hydrogen peroxide. One, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. I found glycerin at the, oh, you're getting a, you're getting a, you're getting a drink here. You're getting a drink. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Ben. Did you text, a, did you text I'm a, Kristen? I'm a, I'm a loud, no, I know I have a loud professorial voice <sighs> and, uh, uh, my, my wife has very good hearing. <laughs> oh, she's the best. She's like, I need it. Um, so, um, so anyway, we, I, I went out and got these things, making sure that I could find them. And here's the tip that I, that I have. I don't know if I mentioned this on social media or not. Uh, if you are looking for 91% uh, isopropyl alcohol or hydrogen peroxide, go to dollar stores. Um, I think pharmacies are – it's difficult Ooh. to find them there, but that's where um, – I got one of those things at a grocery store and one of them at the um, at a dollar store. Um, anyway, I put them all together and put them into a spray bottle, and I was able to spray. I haven't actually used it, um, and I don't have it here in my room with me, but I'll report on whether it's still able to spray. I think you're right. Over time, I think it's going to clog the nozzle, but the okay. glycerin is not um, – it's a very small percentage of it, and it's just to, I think, act as a way to spread it out. Um, on your hand, but, uh, but yeah, I've been using it. I mean, I have not been using it every day, but I used it the day that I made it in a spray bottle and it didn't spray the same way that you would expect, but it dribbled out well. And, and so, yeah, so it works. And I don't know, I I can't tell you why we decided to use a spray bottle. Um, I guess it was more, and you know, this comes back to some of the things that was just my definition. I thought in my mind, as I was going to put it, what's the best way to apply it, put it into a spray bottle and it may not be the best way to apply it. I I think it's probably not the best way. Um, but anyway, that, I mean, so maybe again, these, these fact sheets are, are, are living and adaptable and and we can always, we can always change that. So, um, yeah. So according to because I got this question from one of our extension people, um, the, the like why glycerol or glycerin, um, and the answer is it's added as a humectant to increase the acceptability of the product. Well, there you go. Um, other other humectants or uh, emoluments may be used. Um, emoluments. Emoluments. <laughs> the emoluments clause. Clause. <laughs> have another beer. Have another, um, uh, maybe, Santa Claus. Um, yeah. Uh, 
may be used for skin care, provided that they are affordable, available locally, miscible, i.e. mixable in water and alcohol, and alcohol non-toxic and hypoallergenic. Uh, okay, and then uh, glycerol has been chosen because it is safe, relatively and relatively inexpensive. Lowering the percentage may be considered to further reduce the stickiness of the hand rub. So, so part of it is to sort of to because remember, if you sprayed seventy percent ethanol on your hands, after a while it would really start to irritate your hands. So, the, so the glycerol is a way to kind of you know help with that. So yeah, cool. Did you is that <laughs> this is this will show the in fact uh, chaos? Did was that something that's in the fact sheet that we wrote, or did you write that? No, that's I'm reading. I'm reading from the WHO. Document. Oh, from the WHO document. Good. Well, that your sheet is based right. That we should theoretically. theoretically that I should probably make sure that I review again with the other seventy five ones that we have. Oh, well, you got a lot to. Got a lot going on there, and so and I have to say, Ben, these are these are uh, this is a Herculean effort, right? Uh, so so huge huge shout out to to Natalie. Would Natalie come on the podcast? Oh, Natalie will totally come on the podcast. And Natalie and and I'll, I want to give a shout out to um uh, to Ver- uh, to Veronica to Mary Yavilak, who I say it's, Veronica because that uh, Mary is is uh, Veronica's sister, um, and that was not in the same way that Stephen King's son is Joe Hill, um, <laughs> but. And that uh, Albert Brooks is not Mel Brooks's son, um, <laughs> but um, but Mary was um, really introduced to me through Veronica um, many years ago, um, and and has been a, a another very important part of my part of my lab. Same with same with Natalie; they're really doing the heavy lifting on on developing the material. Um, every once in a while, I come up with this this idea of like, hey, we should do this. Here's a document. Let's build something, and they do it, and then I look at it and. Um, and they ask for a little bit of feedback, but, but, uh, but largely they're doing that her- Herculean effort. Um, and, and it's, you know, I, you know, like I said earlier, I think we were, our group was kind of built for this kind of stuff. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're just using all the tools that we have, um, and the, and our approach, uh, to do it. Cause we like, we like doing things, um, like this. Um, yeah, and you're doing it really well. So, I mean, it's a huge, I mean, it's, and again, it's a huge service that you're providing to all of us. Because you got them out fast, you, ha- you they were reviewed. They're all one page, you know, and it's just people need information, right? And 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 yeah, and so and again, and, and you know, you offered very kindly. You offered the opportunity for other universities to co-brand these. And when I talked to our communications director, he's like, "No, just tell me where it is on the NC NC State site. We'll just link to it because they're going to change, and we don't want to we don't want to manage that process. And we don't really need, the most important thing is we need to get the information out there. We don't need to worry about that it's Rutgers branded. We just need to to point people to the right information that, that, that uh, through a link that we know will work. Right, right, right. And that, yeah, that can be updated and, and all that, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I think has been, um, it's something that, that we thought through in this is that we know that every day we're going to either add to this or address it a little bit differently. Um, you know, things that are coming out today are related to, uh, shopping for produce specifically, because we had a bunch of questions about that and then, um, produce handling on farms. And so those two things are really similar. Um, and the risk is very, very low, but that'll get added to the Dropbox. It'll get added to the portal. Um, it'll be available for, for people to, to either point to or, or co-brand and, and anybody who's listened to this, who haven't reached out to, um, who wants to use this, this information, it's, it's available, um, for you guys to use. And we'd be happy to work with you on, um, figuring out how to get logos on there. If, if that matters to you, cause in certain situations it, it, it does, um, for, for whatever reason. So, um, cool, man. Uh, 
Yeah. So, so it's a, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Um, but, but I, you know, it, it, I, I, I tweeted something yesterday, uh, every, uh, you know, I don't know, every 10 minutes of an hour I, I try to do, and this goes back to something that, that Merlin said a long, long time ago. It's like, if I can just promise myself that I'll work for some on something for 50 minutes and know that for, for 10 minutes, I'll just like go through YouTube videos or, or mm-hmm. listen to, to music and, and check Facebook or whatever. Um, it, 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 it helps ground the, sometimes the, the chaos of what you're going through. And then often you find yourself three hours into something thinking, oh man, I owe myself 30 minutes of this, but I don't actually need it anymore. <laughs> right. Like, like the, it's been a very, um, I, it's one of those things that I've taken away, you know, maybe he made it as an offhanded comment, but I, but I, I try to live that, that almost every day. Cause I find it really helpful, but I tweeted something yesterday, um, as part of that, like, let me, let me sit back and, and take a little bit of a, of a break and, and think about the things that we're all, um, that we're all going through. Um, and, and I was listening, um, to, uh, to, to music. And so I just, I tweeted listening to KRS one really loud in my headphones is helping me get through another day of weirdness, good music, family time, group texts, and how my colleagues are pulling together is giving me optimism. And I still feel that way. Like this, this, um, sharing of information, this, um, everybody kind of trying to work on things together and not in a way where there's, there's a competition, um, around it has really, um, you know, it, it, I don't know, makes you, uh, makes me want to, want to operate like this more, more often and, and do more of these things. So, um, so yeah, and that's, that's where I'm at. Oh, oh, also uh, my, another tweet that I want to read. Cause that's what podcasts are good at, uh, guys reading from the internet, two white guys reading <laughs> from the internet, uh, you you got a, a shout out from Patrick Lu- Lucas Austin from Time Magazine. Even yes, said, yes, yes. Had so much fun talking to the great at Bug Counter for breaking down the problem that is germs, COVID nineteen, and your smartphone. And I just retweeted and said, "Hey, I know that guy." Uh, and that was that was maybe my favorite. That's what I'm doing is I'm trolling the internet for things that you're saying and people are talking to you about, and then uh, retweeting those and uh, and having fun with it. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I have to, I have to, I have to read, uh, I have to read from, from, uh, Patrick's initial email. He says, good morning, Dr. Don. Hmm. Already. I'm a little suspicious, right? Nice. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm writing this article, blah, blah, blah. Um, thanks for your time. And I hope to hear from you soon. All the great shows. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's, that's the magic password that takes you, uh, Patrick, Patrick Lucas Austin from Time Magazine. That is the, the magic password that gets you to the head of the queue, my friend. <laughs> it, it is it is a community that you, you every once in a while you stumble across somebody um, who says who, – who just drops a um, – it's complicated and it depends uh, on you. Yeah. And and just you hear them in weird places. All the great shows is a, is a great one. And Dr. Don uh, – Right at, right at the top of the list. That's awesome. Cool. What else? Uh, anything else in this very special COVID-19 uh, super podcast? No, I, th- I think that's a show. Uh, we need to just talk about um, like future sh- future shows and, and for put, what things for putting this out. <laughs> but we can do that in the after dark. Well, this might be the last one, right? Like uh, the world ends. <laughs> Congratulations! You made it to the world burns. Could be. You made it to the end of food safety talk. Good job. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll probably do more. Well, I mean, there will be for sure two other episodes that haven't been posted that come out after this. So, Um, yeah, good. All right. Well, Don, as always, um, uh, it's great talking with you, and um, 
and and there there's no shortage of things that are either right in the food safety world or adjacent to the food safety world that we can talk talk about around amongst the pandemic and uh, or w- while we're dealing with the pandemic. And um, as always, to listeners, if you have questions or or feedback, um, you can find. All of our contact information or get in contact with us at foodsafetytalk.com. Uh, Google us, find us on Twitter. Um, I'm at Ben Chapman. Don's at Bug Counter. Um, we do this other podcast called Risky or Not that we've recorded. Actually, you you are at Benjamin Chapman. Oh, I said, did I say something different? Ben, I thought you said Ben. You're, you're probably right. I'm at Benjamin yeah. Chapman because I'm very formal on the internet. And Don's at well, Bug but Counter. It's funny because your 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 Twitter name is Benjamin Chapman, but your name is Ben Chapman on the on the bio. So there you go. It's very confusing, and I have to type I have to type a lot of letters, Ben, before your name pops up. There's a lot of people that who's have Benjamin something in their in their uh, in their Twitter name. So oh, I sh- yeah, I it's very it's very hard. Uh, I should make a sh- I should you know what I should to bring it back to the beginning of the show. I should make a text expander shortcut. That's a good idea with just my my Twitter my my tweet yeah, my, like my Twitter at, handle at BCX you know a bug counter yeah. pops up I mean I think you're more famous than I am so um, you well know, it's, I'm not so sure about that <laughs> oh man um, all right well Don it was great uh, we'll talk to you soon bye bye bye. Okay, so I you uh, I don't know who this is. I don't know what 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 like, but I I am I have until from now until three. I can go ahead and edit this right now, um, okay. unless unless you because you're gonna was that FSPCA thing done? I, it got canceled. Okay, do you want to edit? Do you want me to? What do you what What are your thoughts? Let's Let's look at. We should put this up like. Today, like now. Today, uh, yeah. today, now, exactly right. Um, let me look. So, and I, because I had this booked until three, I I've not scheduled anything else, and I've been like managing my email box. I don't have anybody that needs anything from me. Cool. Yeah. So the the episode that is now up is two o four. So. 205 is yours. Perfect. 206 is mine. This would be 207 if we were doing it in order, but let's make it 205 and it can be yours. Okay. 
Good. All right. I'm on it. Um, I only captured two show titles. Okay. I've got, I've got a bunch. And so I will put the show titles with all of the links in markdown format. Thanks to John Gruber for that. Oh, that's so cool. That's I know. I know. See, you gave him a shout um, out. He gives you a shout out. It's a, it's just a virtual circle jerk. Is that what it's <laughs> virtual circle jerk? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we can't use that for a show title. Uh, it's not not really on brand. That's more of a Dubai Friday title. <laughs> yes, exactly. Headjob princess. <laughs> I, it's so funny. A good friend of mine who is a practicing Orthodox Jew uh, asked for advice on podcasts. <laughs> To listen to and i'm like well i'm gonna i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a couple and but just please be aware there's a lot of shucking and jiving and and i'm a little embarrassed to share this with you um and then and then also i did share a couple from uh twim or, or twiv the 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 asm uh, virology podcast oh so. yeah and that's there i was i was listening to one and it's it's pretty good um it's we're funnier um of course we and are. they're they're there are more of them, and the science is probably a little bit better. But I, I, they really, they had a guy on uh, who talked about viruses who was not, like, anytime it got into anything like related to epidemiology or numbers, like I think I didn't say that he didn't get things wrong, but it was like, yeah, if I was a guest, I would have answered that because you know I'm game. <laughs> yeah, right, right, because I'm here so, and let me, I'll tell you what I got opinions, yeah. thought about stuff. <laughs> All right, so so we have a plan. Uh, we need another episode to be scheduled. Oh yeah. So uh, hey, uh, it turns out my calendar is wide open. Um, oh wow, look at that. Me too. Uh, so two weeks from today. Yeah, like literally nothing, nothing at all. Um, All right. I I do have uh, a biosafety meeting at noon, uh, but other than that, I am free. Why don't we? Um, I'm assuming your biosafety meeting is going to be virtual. Like we could go, we we could like plan for nine 30 and then that gives us ample time for you to uh, switch over to zoom or whatever you use. Perfect. Uh, WebEx. WebEx. We use zoom. We have the most unsecure way to do this. Um, I was on 45 zooms. I had, I had a, uh, had a phone call uh, today as I was texting you from Carol Wallace on Skype for business. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, it's what a giant pile of crap that uh, app is. I, I couldn't I, – I, they couldn't hear me, and I couldn't figure out why. All the settings are right. It just didn't work. Bastards. Uh, will we, so I, what's really nice is a normal Skype that we record this on. Um, I did two local TV interviews, like video interviews from my yeah. – today, yeah. and it was perfect. Like it was – um, the, there's actually a, um, a video recording in the app now. So, so one mm-hmm. of them just used that. Uh, and, it, and then, yeah, so it's just, um, the, like, you know, like we were talking about the technology that's, that's available. Some of it's amazing and it works. Uh, some of it seems like it should work, but at least their heart is in the right place. Bless their heart. Um, the yeah. Skype, Skype yeah, for and yeah, and I've yeah, it's terrible. I, but I have used Skype for interviews, and it works. It works pretty well. They have a they get a little confused about the audio on their end, like they're not mm-hmm. quite sure like to how to do that. But, but at least the the I think it's the local Fox affiliate in New York. But uh, but yeah, it, it works okay. Cool, cool. Um, all right, okay. so I'm gonna I'm gonna save this file now. You're gonna edit it. Yep. I'll I'll rename all the folders. Um, let me know if I mean I didn't hear. Any audio glitches, so the audio no. should be fine. We're good. Um, so is the next one – so this one is 
um, 205. Then we're doing, we've already got 206 and 207. So the one that we're scheduling on the first is 208. Does that, does that yes. sync up with your numbers? That, that, that is, that is correct. And I will make sure that the folders are labeled correctly. Perfect. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, we'll see. You. I'll see you out there. <laughs> yeah. I'll see, see you on the interweb. See you on the, see you on the, on the Twitter and the direct messages on Facebook and on the tax, the text, uh, chats. All right. Oh, it's, yes. There's taxes. I get to do my taxes. Oh, oh. do you take, no, you get a, I think we're going to get a delay on that. I don't think we have to do them yet. <laughs> think that, do you get it things we have to do i i need to leave i need to leave you to do your work but um the uh, have you are you feeling have you been asked to fill out the census uh no so uh no not yet i don't think we i don't know if we're i guess we're allowed to right we're yeah, yeah. everybody has to be yeah everybody, we did even illegal well and i was trying, and i'm legal i'm a i'm one of those legal aliens i think we did it last time so yeah, yeah we i don't have i like don't they come to your house or do you get a link or they, do they I, did, no no well i, I got i got a couple things in the mail yeah, so I don't think we've received those yet. I guess they're doing um, New Jersey comes uh, before North Carolina. They're doing alphabet. Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, any uh, no, I think uh, I think we're there. All right, uh, take it easy, and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see you out there. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.